of the machine. But that's not the point. Welcome back to another episode of Men of the Machine. I'm Kevin. I'm DJ. And today we are gonna... So, I'm gonna set the prerequisite, right? So, we're doing a podcast, obviously, sitting in front of a mic. I said no. the Men of the Machine thing. <laughs> you know, that's how it goes. <laughs> but the point is, um, I found this book at uh, uh, Book Barn for a buck. It's a virtual reality adventure. Which I think is... Why would they call it a virtual reality adventure? Like, virtual doesn't have to mean... Because anything. this book was made in, what, the 80s? <laughs> I'll find the publishing. 94. Okay. Text copyright published 1994. Yeah, but does virtual not require digital? Virtual is just anything that's, like, not physical. Simulated. Okay, so it's not... So, a, so it feels weird because I'm used to virtual reality. Yeah, this isn't a... You put on a headset and experience some weird shit. This is a... They don't want to call it Dungeons and Dragons because <laughs> we just got out of the '80s and the Satanic Panic is, you know, just happened and still those alive. Are huge and... Nerds, no, we're gonna market this as a choose your own adventure book, but like a sophisticated one. So it's a virtual reality adventure. Yeah, right. Yeah, Twist of Fate is the title of the book. Yes. Uh, and basically, I just thought it would be really, really fun to read it and choose our own adventure. So this game, this this, well, it is a game, but. But we're really bearing the lead on what we're doing here tonight. Right. So I, DJ and I have, been I have done exactly two drunk casts on this podcast. I have done one, which wasn't meant to be a drunk cast, but Drake, uh, Drake, Jake and Drake I. Drake and Josh. Drake and Josh is what me and Jake call each other when we're having fun. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, I'm Josh, obviously. Oh, yeah. That, uh, nice. that, wait, no, I would totally be Drake, but his name is closer to Drake, okay. so I can't be Drake because that's unfortunate. <laughs> I just, I never thought it would be so simple, but I found a way. I found a way. By the way, Josh ended up being the dramatically more successful one, even though yeah, the entire show was about Drake being handsome, cool uh, woman guy. Yeah, Drake wound up playing in like a live action, fairly odd parents movie where he's he definitely did that. Like a 25 year old Timmy Turner still yeah. in elementary school I, for some reason. My buddy who uh, we get all the movies with on uh, the Google Play, he bought it. It's in the Google Play library. Great! Don't, don't know if he ever saw it. In his defense, if I saw something He like has kids that, though, right? No. Oh, no, He's like a okay. 26 year old dude. Just, just doing his thing. Uh, well, now he's probably older than that. I have this thing where if you tell me your age, I associate that to you forever. And they're always that age. And Yeah, so like Logan, a few months ago, we were driving around, and I was like, so you're what, like 24, right? He's like, Are you? no, I'm 27. I'm like, <laughs> no, you're not. You're a child. And I was completely wrong, but when so I So Albert's him, forever 19 to you. I, well, that I, I just don't know Albert's age. Every time I'm like, are you 25 yet? I know you got to be like somewhere, right? Because I think of him as like 22, right? He, he puts off the vibe of like a 21, just legal to drink. So he very much lives just turning past 21. But anyways, that's the point is, I guess I'll be Josh and he can be Drake. That's fine. This is where we got from, right. you did drunk casts Right, before. so I have done two drunk casts. One with uh, Jake, that was it, accidental. We had one too many martinis and decided to record a podcast. And he got I Love You Man drunk, and it was great. Towards the end of it, we did, and I yelled at him about what a horror movie is. Yes. That, that was where that started. Was and someone got really angry about that when Patrick. listening back. Yeah, yeah. Okay. well, because Jake, Jake was wrong. Patrick was like, Jake's such an idiot. He He's called it, the, I don't remember the exact text, I'm not going to put any words into his mouth, but the point is, Jake's wrong. <laughs> everyone knows it 
But that podcast was very fun. And that was actually after I did my first drunk cast with Craig, which was the worst idea of my life. The Goldschlager Night. The Goldschlager Night, where we <laughs> talked about uh, porn stars, uh, the Joker, like, not the movie, just the character. And then you got so lost in the sauce that I don't think you could even remember what you I, talked about after yeah, that. Yeah, I don't remember. It was... But those are both still up. So yes. Oh, gosh. Definitely yeah. look back at those. Uh, I don't remember what they were titled, but... Um, you can find them there from about two years ago. They're... So this is the third in a series. Correct. And we've we... been talking about doing this for a long time. And we never settled on a theme until I found this book for a book. And this is to say that if at some point we fall off this book, I'm sorry. Maybe we'll come back to it in a better mindset. But for now, it's just the start of the cast to see if it's any fun. And we'll move on with it. And then it might devolve into just talking about whatever we talk about. When right. We we so... Have... Let's talk about what we're drinking. We have two fancy bottles of wine to our left, or well, to your left, to my right. We have a tequila barrel aged Sauvignon Blanc. Is that how you say it? Sauvignon? Sauvignon. 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 Something French. And then we have a bottle of Cabernet Sauvignon, a red and a white. I want to try the white, but I am starting because it's called The Freak Show, a Michael David joint. Apparently, yeah. It's a red. I picked them entirely based on uh, how um, we got to clink these glasses. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we got but, these metal ready. Yeah. Okay. Let's we'll take our first drink. They clink well. Oh. Do you do you taste the tequila barrel age? It's a bit of an aftertaste. I like it. I didn't even sniff it. Let me give it a sniffle. The Cabernet smells Whoa. better, but... Yeah, that's a little dry smelling. Not in a bad I mean, way. And it, I figured it would be dry if it was going to have that tequila finish. Yeah, that's fair. And it's... Let me look at this. I didn't actually look at the bottle, but yeah. The, I picked them based entirely on how much I like the pictures. That, so, and I like this wine bottle that it, has a tequila bottle-esque Yeah, it's like, got that tequila neck uh, going on. <laughs> but the, it's Behringer Brothers Tequila Barrel uh, Sauvignon... Yeah. Blanc. Sauvignon Blanc. And then the Freak Show Cabernet. Clown wine. So, yeah, the, yeah. it's the, a clown wine. The Behringer wine. Bros is just like an old-timey, like, western, like, looking thing. Yeah, they, it's they're a, standing. It, it's like a bunch of people in an old-timey photo outside of an old distillery. Nine people, all of them wearing ball-and-ass straw hats. You can just hear ragtime music playing when you see the bottle. The front two have bow ties, and the guy on the on the right of the trio has, like, this dapper-ass jacket. And then there's hard workers around them. They're the owners, and then you've got the people actually working in the distillery around them. But the other one, I think, is the real find. <laughs> Strongest man on earth. Yeah. It, it, uh, it's just, a, I mean, it's just a, a circus scene. You've like got a, a, a uh, monkey, a mime, uh, uh, the the wolf people. You know, Have you seen those for the circus? Yeah, like the, people that get the, the bearded hair. lady, that sort of. No, like the ones that get full hair on their oh, entire yeah, yeah. face. Uh, you got a bear on a unicycle, a lion, you know, hot air balloons. All a few clowns dotted throughout there. All the stuff. Some dude's head just on the ground. Don't yeah. really know what that's it's about. It's like a clown head. Yeah, whatever. And we're going to be... Oh, and if you look on the side, like the, the label where it has all the information is... It's in the shape of a ticket, like a ticket to the circus. Vinted and bottled by Michael David Winery, Grattan or Groton, California. Huh, admit one. Contains sulfites. Well, no, I don't want it. Uh, what are sulfites? Something. I don't know. There's probably a study that says they're good for you and a study that says they're bad for you. That's true. And I'm definitely going to go with the good for you one because we're drinking it. Uh, yes. And we're just going to be filling our glass. The idea is that hopefully when we leave here, these bottles are empty. 
Yeah, they're normal sized wine bottles, so I don't think that's too hard a task to, to take. Mm. And this one's guaranteed to stay golden in the bottle, so as far as I'm concerned, age 60 days. Oh, this one's 15.1 and this one's 14.5, so they are actually above average wine, uh, mm. percentage wise. And I'm into that. Franny really likes Boda boxes. Have you ever had a Boda box? Yeah, I've had. I actually, I like the wine a lot, but I always get the red wines because they hover in the 13% mm. and all the white wines are down in the 10, 11. Right. You gotta get your money's worth. And we're, drink, we're, we're drinking these out of these cool metal cups, which we clanked a little earlier. They're my Moscow Mule Cups. I got them at, this one's faded because I use it so much. I got them at a yard sale. At a, at a, no, no, no. At the, um, what do you call it? Not the Boy Scouts, but one of those like youth boy groups where they dress up in uniforms and they're like, go out and camp and stuff. It's not the Boy Scouts, but there's a Boy Scout-esque troop like that in I Gales Ferry. I don't know what that is. It's basically the Boy Scouts. It's like knockoff Boy Scouts. It's knockoff. Oh, like, the, they're not... like, the Lion? The 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 Lions Club? The, the Oh, it's like a VFW sort of deal, Basically, right? yes. Um, they had one, and everything there was name your price, because it was fundraising, so they wanted people to be like, I'll give you a $20 bill for this <laughs> popsicle. And I saw this set, and I was like, how much are these? They were like, name your price. I was like, what? Name your price? All I had left on me was a $5 bill. I was not being cheap. I literally only had five bucks on me, and I really wanted these glasses. So I was like, I feel terrible is all I got. They're like, trust me, you you, you wouldn't be, you know, even in the bottom 50% of people that try to get by for a buck. Like, this is fine. Take them. It's yours. And nice. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, thank you so much. It came with four glasses, metal straws. They did originally have a finish like the one you have. This one, obviously, has gotten worked. But... They're double-lined uh, uh, iron glasses. And we are completely sober at the beginning here, but that's Mostly. that's bound to change. Yeah. We had a few light beers. <sighs> Consider me gone. I had three White Claws. Done. I think Charles said that to me one day. He's like, I don't know if I should have a third White Claw. <laughs> and I, I felt... I felt There's no laws. Well, <laughs> so the pay is that he was totally in the right to have it. But I felt like... Honest to goodness, right? I drink a little bit more than maybe I should nowadays. Pretty much every day I have a few drinks before bed. Three White Claws literally feels like nothing to me. Huh, okay. I mean, they're, they're like four... They're a little stronger than an average beer. Yeah, so. they're like four and a half percent, right? Five percent... It depends on the flavor, probably. But they're in the four and a half to five. So it's not that they're... It's just that there is a perception around... You get more drunk off certain things because the way you go into it. Uh-huh. And I feel like White Claws are one of those things that you can never be like, oh, God, I'm going to have my third White Claw. I really just can't. I don't know what I'm going to do. Seltzers, you're drinking, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's the They are way more filling than a normal seltzer would be, but yeah. still. But it just feels, I don't know, I felt like a jerk for judging him. So mm. I kind of like tried to, <laughs> to, to walk it back. But point is, uh, two, two bottles of wine, two big boys here, well... One big boy, one boy who wants to be a big boy, and we'll get there. What? Delicious. Mm. I do actually really like this red wine. But the point I'm is, excited for the clown wine. DJ has his character. DJ, tell me, tell me what you pick so I can read. Yeah, the profile. so this this thing actually has like a character sheet. It's very simple. Oh, you one, pick. Four. You can pick from a bunch of pre-generated classes, which I did. Or seven. You can, There's seven pre-generated classes. Or you can just pick four skills, and you get. Whatever item is associated with the skills you pick. And a generic life and money. Yeah, like life is 10 and money is 15. I picked a class that actually gets more money than average, though. Did you go merchant? I went thief. 
Oh, wow, they do. All right, so I'll read the thief really quick. Sure. Their skills are agility, cunning, ro- roguery? Roguery. That's a word? Yeah. Uh, it's apparently. The, it's thiefcraft. It's the Okay. And streetwise. Uh, mm-hmm. And the profile is, born and bred in the dark crannies of Baghdad slums, you believe your navish skills are equal to any challenge. Let me just get something out the way, actually, at the top of this. This is a big disclaimer. The book takes place in Baghdad, or on the outskirts of Baghdad. We've got a 1001 Arabian Nights sort of feel to it. Right. It was written in 1994, immediately following the Gulf War. I anticipate a more than zero amount of racism. There's a good odds that it's going to be a little culturally insensitive, is what you're saying? That's my guess. If I had to guess, what was the guy's name who wrote this thing? Uh, Cover illustrations, Mike Posen, but that's not who I'm... Dave Morris. Okay. Really doesn't get much more... Uh... Let's, uh, let's keep Dave Morris on notice then. Exactly. So I just want... But, you know, this was also, like, the height of when everyone was really, like, crazy about, like, Aladdin. Yeah. Uh, like, Disney's Aladdin, I think, was, like, right around this yeah. year, right? Uh, Aladdin Maybe was, a little before. I th- yeah, Aladdin was 92, 91, something like that. So, or Aristocats was, like, late 80s or 90s. It was all right there. Just that time of, of Disney is all I'm trying to put in my head. Aristocats yes. was probably earlier but it was earlier but it was it was late 80s ish yeah and then like little mermaid i think was the first one then beauty and the beast then aladdin mm-hmm. i think was the order it went in but aladdin was like 93 or so so this and it was hype it was a big deal this would have been like on the heels of disney's aladdin and they would have been trying to maybe like capitalize on that sort of setting and feel right uh i'm not gonna read all the descriptions for the uh, skills but you get an idea of what they are basically right from the get-go yeah and because it's so aladdin i decided to go with thief yeah of course yeah. how could you not it, again just being super racist because dj thinks all people from baghdad are thieves that's what my understanding that's well i learned everything i learned about baghdad from the movie aladdin <laughs> so which takes place in agrabah but, so you know. am i the bad guy <laughs> <laughs> no I, I i'm with you i'm with you the Thief actually is awesome because he starts with 25 monies. Uh, it's called... Dinar. Dinars. Is that a real Yep, that's a currency? real currency. Okay, I'm just making sure. And 10 life points. I mean, you can only ever get up to 11 life points for three of the classes, so whatever. Uh, two of the classes. Yeah, so that's pretty standard. Okay. All right, so if you want to hear uh, someone read aloud for a while and someone make their character's decisions, then I suppose let's get into it. Well, let's see what happens. I am going to read the prologue to you, DJ. <clears throat> i got to do my best Morgan Freeman voice. Mm. The Jewel of Sp- I can't do it now. I'm not even going to try. It's so hard to do. I'm just going to read the damn book. If you want, I could probably take turns reading it, too. Can you do a Morgan Freeman voice? No, but I could try and do funny voices. <laughs> let's, uh, actually, oh, there is a few. All right, so let's get through the prologue. The Jewel of Splendor, the Bride of the World, the Pearl of the Tigris, the City of Peace. These are some of the titles that men have given to Baghdad, greatest of all the cities of the world. You sit idly on a hilltop, gazing down at the city that is your home, and you can well understand the sentiments she inspired. There is a haze in the air which, filtering the shafts of morning sunlight, make... I'm sorry, you You can't read... You can't read the word shaft! (laughs) Okay, we're already over there. I'm sorry, you just can't... You can't read the word shaft and not laugh. It's just... You're just talking about shafts. You're just talking... Damn right. No, I just... I can't help it. Okay. Just get back into the things. Uh, All right, back into the the zone. Makes the gardens and marble palaces seem as though flecked with gold. 
Beyond the city, the river Tigris laces between the green fields and the woodland of the hunting parks like a vein of liquid fire. You lie back on the grass, content. It is a fine day, and you do not have a care in the world. You close your eyes, basking in the warm sunshine. Bag of dates, dearie? You sit up, startled. How could the old woman have come right up without you hearing her? Perhaps you dozed off. You rub your eyes and stare at her. I said, do you want to buy a bag of dates? She repeats with a snaggletooth smile. You look at the... I really... I, I love the way a lot of artists will choose to make some sort of descriptor in, in those kind of situations. Mm -hmm. Like, instead of taking a paragraph to describe what someone looks like, acts like, all that stuff, they just kind of toss them in at the end of statements. Yeah, and this author seems pretty prosy with his descriptions, too, so... <laughs> yeah, so you just... Let me just throw in Snaggletooth, and that'll tell you everything you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you look at the dates and at the dirty old fingers that are holding them. Er, uh, what's the point? I couldn't eat them now anyways. Save them till sunset, she says spryly. Go on, only one... I'm gonna say it wrong. Dinar? Dinar. Dinar, not diner. Yep. Dinar. Just to help a poor old lady. Charity is one of the five pillars of faith. Reluctantly, you hand her a dinar and take the bag of dates. Nodding her thanks, she oh, trotters off down here. the hill. Okay, okay. No, not yet. Still only prologue. Okay. Actually, the prologue's fairly long. Do we want to read it? Do you want to read it off air real quick? Oh, we got, no, we got, we got to do this. We got to know what the story's getting into. You're right. You're right. You if we want, we can switch off on paragraphs or something or every now and then. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'll read one more. It's a long one, then I'll hand it off for the rest of the page. You gaze longingly at the dates. They look sweet and succulent, and your stomach is rumbling. But today is the last day of Ramadan, and you cannot eat between dawn and dusk. To take your mind off hunger, you get up and stroll through the woods. On the other side of the hill, grassland gradually gives away the arid scrub. Often you have stared off towards the distant purple mountains of the east and dreamt of adventure. But today your attention is caught by the breathtaking sight of a magnificent Arab stallion, blazing white like moonlight against the warm gold off the day. It is cropping the grass only a few paces off. Muscles ripple leanly along its neck as it looks up to see you. You're really talking about how sexy this horse is. <laughs> That's kind of what it's going yeah. on. Look at those those rippling neck muscles. This is oh a my fuckable God. horse. God, it is blazing white like moonlight against the warm gold of the day. Holy shit. That's like that's like the way if you picked up a romance novel, it would yeah. be describing the <laughs> hunk that's walking over to you in like nothing but a, a G string. Mm. Alright, here we go. Take her away, Squeegee. Okay. Right there. Uh, you take a step? Yep. Okay. You take a step forward. The stallion, with the wariness of any wild animal, watches your every move. Another step, and you send it bolting to stand further 20 paces distant. Oh, it's playing hard to get. Yeah. You grin and take off your jacket, <laughs> folding it neatly and leaving it beside a bush. Here is a challenge that will keep your mind off hunger, taming this excellent horse. <laughs> uh, this is getting real <laughs> Sorry good. Sorry to go in places. No, it's getting real good. <laughs> All through the morning, you lope along beside the stallion, Constantly stalking closer whenever it pauses to eat. At least, at last, it tires of running in fits and starts gradually allowing you closer until finally you get to accept the touch of your hand on its mane. It nuzzles you, searching for food. Here is a use for the dates you bought. Thank you. Oh. The stallion munches them while you stroke its neck and croon soothing sounds into its ear. How many pages is this? It's just one and a half more. Okay, okay. Yeah, not too I'll get this page and then we'll switch back. Because okay. it, it ends neatly on a paragraph. Okay. 
Climbing onto the stallion's back, you ride it back to where you left your jacket. This is a stroke of luck. You could sell the stallion for hundreds of dinars. Or you could keep it and perhaps become a soldier in the Caliph's cavalry. I think it's Caliph. Yeah. Um, you dismount and tether the horse to a tree using your belt as a rope. The sun is past its zenith, and the heat and exertion of the morning have made you weary. Settling down, you close your eyes and are lulled off to sleep by the droning of bees amid the flowers. Of course. Mm-hmm. You are woken sometime later by voices on the other side of the hilltop. You get up. Your stallion is still contentedly chewing the grass. Moved by curiosity, you make your way through the bushes and look down to see a group of soldiers who have ridden out from the city in a retinue of, of noblemen. The nobleman, a plump fellow in elegant robes, has a hawk which he sends swooping down the hill. Each time it falls on a field mouse, the nobleman's ample belly quakes with cruel laughter. Oh, so this is a bad guy. Oh, all right. I just read ahead to the next paragraph to what this guy's name is. One of the soldiers comes up to the nobleman and salutes him. You are close enough to hear him say, Lord Jafar, shall we set up your pavilion? (laughs) So I was right on the money with this. Is it literally This is literally just going to be Aladdin. Is it J-A-F-A-R? Yep. Oh my god. Okay. (laughs) All right. You know that name. Jafar is the Grand Vizier of Baghdad, who advises the Caliph on every detail of state policy. You decide to remain out of sight. It is not prudent to attract the attention of such an exalted lord. You see Jafar shake his head. He waves the soldier away and beckons over a small servant clad in black. The servant stands with a fixed grin on his face, like a worshipper waiting to hear the word of God. All right, start here at the All top right. paragraph. As long as the page. word uh, right shaft at, right, doesn't right show Jafar. up, I'll handle this just fine. Jafar sends the hawk aloft and watches it. Then he says thoughtfully, as though to himself, Every night the caliph puts on ordinary clothes and has me lead him through the streets. In this way, he hopes to learn the true will of the people. It's all too easy for a ruler to get out of touch, puts in the little servant. Jafar nods, precisely. Lately I have been leading the caliph to very select venues, inns and houses where I have previously planted my own agents. They talk of rebellion, and then, oh, sorry, and the caliph hears their talk, and gradually he begins to believe that his subjects hate him. Oh, a scheme of rare cunning, if I may say so, your excellency, says the servant. But where's it leading, may I ask? The caliph, fearing rebellion, each day grows more cautious, more paranoid. He intensifies the rule of law and deals harshly with those whose loyalty is in question. And so, by fearing rebellion, each day he brings it closer. The servant claps his hands and gives a squeal of delight. You are the prince of guile, my lord, so the populace will come to hate the noble caliph. And then, when the time is ripe, I'll overthrow him. How the people will cheer me, despite my humble protest. They'll insist I take his place. Can't you see it, Natar? I'm glad that this guy, Jafar, goes out into the, the desert uh, a few days to monologue to his servant about <laughs> his evil plans Just, to uh, overthrow the leader of... <laughs> well, you can't risk the caliph hearing it. He's got he's, he's got a, And he's got a vent, right? <laughs> yeah. He's got to bounce his ideas off someone. What good is it if you don't let someone know how awesome you are? Yeah. Like, that's the goal. What did they say this guy's name is that he's talking to? Natar. Natar, all right. Can you see it, Natar? 
I can, Excellency, cries the servant. And when you are Caliph, what then? He waits with an expectant smile which fades as he sees the dark look in Jafar's eyes. And then, says Jafar grimly, then the whole world shall tremble in fear. This took a turn. <laughs> You've heard more than enough. This many secrets can get a person killed. You are scrambling back through the bushes when one of Jafar's guards comes around the hill. Outrage leaps like fire into your blood. The guard is leading your horse. See what I found, Excellency, he says, taking the horse over to Jafar. Thank you, purrs Jafar, patting the horse's neck. A fine gift. This is too much to bear. Striding down the hill, you raise your hand and call out, Wait! That's my horse! Jafar flicks his gaze vaguely in your direction, looking through, oh, looking through you as though you are nothing. I believe the horse is mine, and yet I thought I heard a voice raised in protest. How can the Grand Vizier of Baghdad be mistaken? You are almost choking with emotion. This is outright theft! Now Jafar squints, his eyes like tiny crystals of ice focus on yours. You shudder at the sudden palpable wave of evil. Justice is not for the likes of you, he growls. I make the law. I am the law! Does he actually... It says, he says that! <laughs> I had to do my quick judge dread, you know that. Of course, of course. I make the law. I am the law. The servant, Natar, peers at you and then speaks anxiously to his master. This wretch may have overheard us, Lord. Shall I? He draws his knife half out its sheath. No, says Jafar, fat cheeks bulging in a revolting smile. It is the last day of Ramadan, after all. In a rare demonstration of pity, I think I shall quell my usual appetite for blood. However, again he meets your gaze. Again, you are powerless to look away. Get you gone from Baghdad. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> what? Get you gone from Baghdad by dawn tomorrow. If I see you on any day thereafter, I shall make the day the last one of your life. Cowed in silence, you return to the crest of the hill. Jafar claps his hands and he and his men mount up. You watch them ride off with your prize. It is a cruel twist of fate. Oh, there's a oh, book. There's there's a title book. It is a cruel tw twist of fate that gave you your precious stallion, only to allow it to be snatched away so unjustly. Dejected and filled with concern at what you overheard, you head back to the city. Now turn to page one. So, we overheard this entire evil plan to perform a coup. And Basically. Yeah, but it's Ramadan, so you know what? Whatever. I can't. Fine. I can't hurt anyone. I'm a religious man. I may be evil, I, I but I take my religion fairly seriously. Mm -hmm. We read this. Uh, I texted it or messaged it into the chat. Actually, um, the synopsis of the book, and it, you know, it says an evil, crafty nobleman has cheated you of all your wealth, but rather than starve as a beggar on the streets of Baghdad, you leave in search of fame and fortune. Apparently, all of your wealth was a random horse, horse. you stumbled upon by luck. Yes. Uh, we didn't have it at the beginning of the day. We don't have it at the end of the day. <laughs> but it's there. We're basically... Well, I mean, he did banish us from Baghdad. So. True. Yeah. So, I mean, if we had a house there, we don't have that Although anymore. we're headed back there right now. Okay. <laughs> All right. Are you ready to start the adventure? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's get into it. I will do my best to do voices, but... Uh, Just make them silly. I'll do, I'll do what they I can. They can be inconsistent, too, because we're going we're gonna to get right. gradually more... Uh, the, the, Difficult to keep track of things. <laughs> before we get our first, uh, our first uh, choice, I, I, it's about a page and a half. But then it, it looks like it. We're gonna be making some decisions. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Maybe I'll die real quick. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe Jafar will just. You know, you'll he'll find you the mm -hmm. day after Ramadan, and it's game over. Mm -hmm. I wonder how uh, 
No, there can't be any sort of like battle. You just either take hit or you don't. Because you know, either you have a skill yeah. to get out of something, or and you can then take that option. Yeah, Man. or you don't have the skill, and it's just like if you don't have any way out of it, this, turn to this page. This and is when I like these consequences. A real simple dice roll system would have been great. Just like a real simple. No random chance. It's all right, based right. on your choices. Right, right, uh-huh. right, right. Yeah. Got to make sure that you're in control. Nightfall finds you walking aimlessly through the narrow back streets of the city. From off in the main plaza, you can hear the hubbub of street entertainers and nighttime revelers. Torchlight flares from brazier is set up for the festival. Here, the street is hushed and dimly lit. You shrink back into the shadows, preferring to be alone with your bitter thoughts. A beggar sits unnoticed in a doorway. He is an old dervish with a streaked gray beard. He reaches out his tin cup, startling you, and you flinch at the sight of his scabrous hands. Then you see the green turban that marks him as a haji, one who has made the arduous pilgrimage to Mecca. Alms for the love of God, he mutters. Alms? A-L-M-S? Yeah, Okay. Ashamed at the feeling of loathing that swept across your face at first, you fish in your pocket and give him a gold dinar. It rattles in his cup, and for a moment he peers at it as though it were a wondrous vision. He gestures up at the heaven and says, You have only to lift your head. There is a... Wait. That's not a very good voice. I'm not going to do a racist voice. I'm going to stick with what I'm doing. You have only to weird voices. Yeah, for for this one, I'm already in it. You have only to lift your head. There is a sight to banish misfortune. Misfortune. Under the wide sky, God sees all and guides the worthy to a just reward. The remark seems filled with portent. P-O-R-T-E-N-T? Yeah, like prophecy. Ah, I'm going to be learning a lot today. I'm looking forward to it. Mm, As long as we don't get to a point where I can't remember words. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) You gaze up past the rooftops at the stars, a thousand lights sharp as jewels on the cloth of the night. A feeling of awe at their beauty takes the breath from your body. By the time you look back, the dervish is shuffling away. Everything just, like, catches this guy off guard. He is really, like, you know, in a... Uh, American Beauty when he sees the plastic bag floating in the wind. It's so beautiful. That's what this guy is. Everything (laughs) he sees is just the most wondrous thing in the world. That sexy horse, though. Well, nothing will top the sexy horse. I mean, we have to take revenge on Jafar because of our sexy horse. Yeah, we, we didn't get to fuck it. That's, yes. That's what our quest is. That's actually, point. well, now you spoiled the final decision. <laughs> you, know? you follow him to the end of the alley, but he slips through a crowd of people who are gathered to hear a storyteller, and you lose sight of him. As a storyteller finishes his tale, the crowd begins to break up. Some move off towards a troop of acrobats from distant Cathay, whose oiled flesh gleams like amber in the flaring torchlight. That would be like the the general word for the East. Right. So like China, generally. Oh, okay. Others go to buy sweet meats from stalls around the plaza. The storyteller sits back on his mat, beaming at the mound of coins he has earned. You are standing outside an astrologer's shop. A man emerges, brushing past you. Nodding with a smile as he catches your eye. The tattoo on his chest suggests a sailor. Remember to cross off the dinar you gave to the dervish. Okay. So you're down one. DJ, do you wish to go to the astrologer's shop, talk to the sailor, go over to the storyteller, or continue your search for the dervish that you gave your dinar to? I did not realize there was going to be that many options. Like you know, I, I read these as a kid, and it's like go left or right. No, that's fine. That's fine. No, no, it's great. I just didn't realize. Hmm. Do you I'm want a thinking... recap of what they all? Just yeah, a quick little... let's let's give it another read. So the sailor literally just brushed past you, and you saw his tattoo, and uh-huh. you assumed it was a sailor, but the book kind of you know laid that out. You're just standing next to an astrologer's shop. 
Yep. Okay. Not really anything there. The dervish we all know. And the storyteller you see sitting down, basically counting his his loot that he just got from telling the stories. Let's go to the storyteller. All right. Go to the storyteller. Turn to page 23. The storyteller invites you to sit with him and take a cup of wine. Soon you'll find yourself... I don't mind if I do. <laughs> actually, I actually while... need more. <laughs> while we're here, that's actually a good jumping off point. I'll finish my red. Yeah, I'm going to go with the red this time. I want some clown wine. And we're going to pour it so you can hear it on, uh, on the Oh, mic. yeah. Let's, no, pour let's... yours because I'm not going to... You know, I got... Okay. Red wine's really good. Not really for a big swig. It's definitely a sipping wine, but I liked it. Let me have a well, try. Let's, give, this, let's give it a clink. Oh, I like that. Mm. This is way more mellow than the red. The red has got a... It packs a punch. Yeah, the red's got a little attack to it, but I like it. It's no. a good flavor. I'm, I'm, how much was it, if you don't mind me asking? I had a hard limit of $20 on a bottle, and I yeah. think... I think the white was only like 15. Really? Because I would buy this bottle right here. And I think the red was about 20. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, look at that label. It's clown wine. What can I say? Wine for clowns. All right. Back to the storyteller. Soon you find yourself blurting out the whole day's so sorry tale, ending with your encounter with the dervish. He listens with a th sympathetic smile. Truly there is a wisdom in the words of a holy man. You shrug. If so... I lack the wisdom to discern it. What can he have meant? It seemed from his tone that he was issuing a prophecy. He spoke of the roke, says the storyteller, storyteller, raising a finger to the sky. Roke, R-O-K-H? I think it's roke. It's not rock. Rock. Is it rock? It's probably rock like the legendary bird. <laughs> well, why don't I just read ahead? And probably should have been what I did from the beginning. Okay. It is a bird as large as a whale. The beating of the rock's wings move the clouds above our heads. It is eerie. Oh, its eerie pierces the vault of heaven, and elephants are its prey. What is that to me? The mere stuff of idle yarns? He shakes his head. This is a story that has its basis in truth. It is said, though only God is all-knowing, that the egg laid by the rock is of pure diamond. One fragment would make a man as rich as a prince. If you seek wealth, find the rock's nest. The storyteller is ready to entertain another audience. So you thank him for the wine and say goodbye. You literally just, like, sat down, had a glass of wine, and was like, Let me tell you, let me let me tell you about this bird. It's fucking awesome. Hold on right here. The guy stole my horse. And you just really go for broke to a rant. Oh, well, you know what? I respect it. You're an adventurer. That's what you do. The sailor you saw earlier is standing nearby, watching a street magician pull colored ribbon from a young girl's ears. Do you want to go over and introduce yourself? Or would you like to ponder your next move? Mm. Gives you a second chance to see the sailor. Seems to want me to see the sailor. I'm going to see the sailor. All right. Turn to 475. Got to really, really work for this one. All the way to the mm. end of the book. Oh, my God. All the way to the end of the book. You better not have just ended this. The sailor kills me. <laughs> no, no. The sailor greets you in the name of God and walks beside you across the plaza. Oh, I'm glad to be back in the city of peace. After my long travels. He's very gruff. He's a he sounds like Solid Snake a little bit. <laughs> yep. That, but Solid Snake was kind of a sailor. Sure. And on such a night, when merriment fills the air from dusk to dawn, by what of you, my friend? Your face seems a stranger to joy. Are sighs and long looks your stock in trade? If so, 
You'll find no taker for your wares in fair Baghdad. Everyone speaks so poetic. Yeah, they really do. really poetic. (laughs) This guy really wants to be a big-time writer, and he's going for it. This (laughs) is his Shakespeare, dude. (laughs) Appreciate it. And there's a whole list of books, too. We're reading just Twist of Fate, which is number six. I I mean, I feel like this is a book that, like, (laughs) as a series, it's probably, like, a mandated by the publisher sort of thing. Oh, God. Yeah, we'll we'll hire you to write a book, but you're going to write the book we want you to write, not the book you want to write. Like I said, there's six of them. The first one's called Green Blood. Second one is Down Among the Dead Men. Three is the Coils of Hate. Down Among the Dead Men sounds like a pirate adventure, and we should have gone with that one. This was the only one I found. I didn't Uh, have a choice, but I am going to... No, no, there's a section there. I'm going to look for more. Uh, Necklace of Skulls. It's pretty on the nose. And Heart of Ice. And then number six, Twist of Fate. All right, all right. Despite your woes, you muster a smile at his whimsical way of speaking. Yesterday, I was as light of heart... (laughs) Sorry, let me restart that. Yesterday, I was as light of heart as you, my friend, you say. And before long, you have blurted out your whole tale. Good, good. (laughs) Well, you're drunk off your glass of wine at this point. Of course. You got no choice. When you mention what the dervish said, the sailor claps you on the back and gives you a whoop of jovial laughter. Why, these holy beggars are truly steeped in wisdom. Seeing your blank look, he goes on. Surely, you realize what he meant. Why, he has gifted you with the key to restoring your fortunes. And all for a mere dinar? Oh, for such a bargain to enrich my own business. You are getting quite tetchy by now. (laughs) Enlighten me, O vessel of profundity. <laughs> this guy goes right. We're just getting kind of annoyed by all of these really poetic people. That That's, just... Well, it's actually super like you say through gritted teeth. Mm. Yeah, we're not happy with how these people are really hammering it on. <laughs> how can I profit by the dervish's words? He spoke of the stars, which guide those like myself who venture across the ocean in search of distant ports. You seek treasure? Then you have only to go to the docks, take ship, and sail to find your destiny. Do you accompany him to the docks, or do you take your leave? I ain't sailing. No. <laughs> You're so drunk, you can't get on a boat. Yeah. All right, we're going to take our leave of him. Back to page 92. We didn't pick the pirate adventure, sorry. <laughs> this time. Yeah. There's a lot of content right here. Yeah. This podcast is getting a whole new theme. <laughs> you walk down by the river, where the moon's reflection lies like a sunken scimitar in the black depths. Some distance off, whispering couples glide between the trees. Blinkered by love, they take no notice of the solitary brooding figure on the riverbank. You contemplate your future. The life of a beggar promises nothing but misery, hardship, sickness, and an early death. You burn with outrage at the way Jafar profited by your good fortune. And the, how did he profit? It was a horse. He's got a, he's got a really fancy horse. <laughs> they said you could sell that horse for hundreds of dinar. Okay. <laughs> That's a fortune? I mean... That's like me I saying, have 24. <laughs> okay, I guess. My sheet says I have 24. Yeah, good point, good point. Okay, you burn with outrage at the way Jafar profited by your good fortune, and the caliph should be warned of his evil plots. But an ordinary citizen like you can hardly demand an audience with the ruler of the civilized world. It would be different if you were wealthy. The scales of justice are balanced by a little gold, as the saying goes. Do you go straight to the caliph's palace? Do you... Uh, to go out in search of adventure and riches? And will you go by sea or join a merchant caravan heading over land? You got three options. I read that a little funky. Let me just tell you again. We can either go straight to the Caliph's palace, just run right at his face and see if we can tell him that the jig is up. Uh Uh-huh. Or we can set on an adventure by sea or by joining a merchant caravan. Let's join a merchant caravan. Turn to 183. 
Say no more. There we go. <clears throat> Arriving at the market in the early morning, you see two teams of camels loaded for long journeys. Porters rushed along the line, checking the wares and securely strapped. The camels growl like consumptive old men and, glo and glower disdainfully at their handlers. Hmm. He's going in on describing even camels. Consumptive he old men. He wants to fuck the camels. <laughs> That's what I'm getting from this I mean, this no, guy. these camels are angry. Yeah, but that he likes it. Okay. Rising to their feet reluctantly as the first caravan moves off, a merchant approaches you and asks if you will hire on as a caravan guard. I will pay you ten dinars. Come, be quick about your answer. Those are my camels, you see, tra traipsing towards the eastern gate. <laughs> ten dinars to brave the blades of a thousand bandits? Scoffs another man who has overheard this. He takes your arm and points to the other caravan now making ready to set off. Why wear your life blood against a pouch of gold? Come with us to Egypt. It's a safer route by far than this slave driver takes. The first merchant stares at him in express amazement. Sit. What was the first voice? <laughs> Whatever. Safe, you claim? Your tongue is more wretched than a dog's tail. It is safe to fling one's life at the mercy of the desert sun. He turns to you. Let this rogue pay you in water. You will need it more than gold if you take the route to Egypt. Decide. Will you join the first caravan, heading through the peaks of the Slayers for the sum of ten dinars? Or the second caravan to the desert of Egypt Egypt, sorry, for the sum of six dinars? Remember to add your pay to the money on your sheet. Hmm. Let's go with the six. Ooh, you're going through the... But the water. All right. No, you like it? We're going with it. Uh, so add six dinars to your sheet. That puts me to a nice even 30 as well. Yeah. So. You're, at a, you're at a net gain of five right now, buddy. You're rolling in it. Mm -hmm. uh, turn to 400. Plus, I'm interested in Egypt. Maybe we can fight... This was the light, whimsical guy whose voice I just made, not the gruff guy. So let me Yeah, this is the guy going to Egypt, right? Yeah. So we can fight Amun-Ra or some shit. Be that rad. would be so dope. He's got a bird head and he like blows us up <laughs> with fire. Because that, that's what his thing is, right? Well, amun Ra's the fire guy, right? All of Egypt's gods were fire guys. You don't gotta worry about it. <laughs> Anubis, fire guy. Fire guy. <laughs> Ra, fire guy. Sobek, definitely fire. Totally a fire guy. You hear that name? Yeah, those gods are thousands of years old. We ain't got to worry about it. <laughs> they're not coming back. They, yeah, they're not, <laughs> exactly. Uh, the merchant caravan leaves the city, heading out across the desert. The camels lope sedatedly along, refusing to be hurried. You trudge beside them on the sands of color, uh, on sands the color of dried blood, gazing at dunes sculpted by the wind into patterns like snakeskin. The air is dry and stale as flint. After several days, you come in sight of a group of tents crouching in the shade Wait, of a mountain. I come inside what? You come in sight of oh, a group. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> just, I can see, but no, no. After the shafts? <laughs> yeah, exactly. After several days, you come in sight of a group of tents crouching in the shade of a mountainous sand dune. The Bedouin? <laughs> B-E-D-O-U-I-N. Bedouin? That is way better than Bedouin. Well, we're sticking with Bedoin, because it's how I'll remember it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> the Bedoin emerged to greet you, glancing with shame at their scrawny goats. <laughs> Man, if I had a nickel for every time I got shamed for my scrawny goats. Mm, shame. <laughs> Alas, we have almost nothing to offer you by way of hospitality, laments their chief. But take this bread and the stew of vegetable roots that I was about to share with my family. Wow, this guy came out as guns a-blazing. If you accept it, it will mean the Bedouin themselves will go hungry. If you have wilderness lore, lore 
turn to 104. Do you have that? I do not. If not, decide whether to eat the food or insist they keep it. Those are your options. This guy literally just walked out his tent and was like, my family doesn't need to eat. Here's some meal. Mm. Mm. Their, gro- their goats are very scrawny. Their goats are scrawny. So am I a nice guy <laughs> or do I eat a stew? You're a nice guy. Duh. Mm. It doesn't really... So for how much descriptor this guy lays down about animals... We don't know anything about these people, so I'm not going to judge either decision because we don't know shit. I think I'm going to pass on the food, even if it means I'm going to be a little hungry. Maybe I'll take a damage point or something. We'll see. That might happen, yeah. But, you know, if I take the food, he might be like, oh, he poisons you and takes all your shit. (laughs) That's true, too. Uh, 171, you're denying the food. I respect it. They are direly offended that you should spurn their hospitality. We offer you only food and you repay us by taking our pride instead, rages the chief. Be gone! Perish in the wilderness, you ungrateful churls! They take up stones and start to pelt you. (laughs) Seizing the halters of your camels, you retreat amid the dunes. Lose one life point. Mm -hmm. Alright. If you survive, you can only nod when Hakim, the owner of the camel train, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm glad he has a name now. Yeah, Hakim, he runs the camel train, Mm -hmm. says, I am chastened, chastened. C-H-A-S-T-E-N-E-D? Chastened, yes. Chastened. We are civilized men, yet we have had a lesson in honor from those who are almost too poor to afford the luxury of it. Wow. You really, you goofed there, buddy. goofed that, yeah. 217. There is no option here. We just have to move. Yeah, we just suffered the consequences. That's it. By noon of the following day, your nostrils and eyes are raw with the fine gritty sand stirred up by the wind. The sky is a plate of molten lead, the ground hotter than a kiln. One of your scouts returns and leads you and the merchant, Hakim, to a blue flag set on a long cane in the sand. What can it mean? Hakim wanders aloud. It is a <laughs> it is a Bedouin grave. I can't keep calling them Bedouin. I just can't do it. Sure. I want I mean, to. They, they're, like a, they're like an ethnic group. So yeah, I can't you know. do that. That's just terrible. Uh, it is a Bedouin grave. More likely a warning that the religion, or the religion, more likely a warning that the region ahead is off limits to travelers, suggests the scout. We should turn southwest, master. If you have the code word mordant, turn to 286. If not, turn to 195. I definitely don't have the code word mordant, so. Okay. I'm going to guess I probably would have gotten that had I accepted the hospitality, yes. Or spoken to someone. Who knows what would have got you here. If not, turn to 195. All right. Now we're we're really in, like, decision territory. I'm flipping back and forth like a madman. Yeah, there's a lot of forking in this. Actually, I do like that as far as a design for a choose-your-own-adventure goes. Yeah. Hakim is unsure what to do and turns to you for advice. If you think you should press on in spite of the flag, 240. If you dig to see what is marking, turn to 263. And if you agree with the scout that the group should head southwest, turn to 286. So just see, we showed up to a place. There was a sign. You think the flag, the scout thinks the flag might be a warning. Yes, he thinks it's a warning. We should go away. We think it might be a grave. So we could be literally grave robbing if we started digging. Or you can press on and just not take the warning that it might be. Three options. Hmm. Let's press on. All right. No guts, no glory, right? You think you should press on in spite of the flag? Turn to 240. Oh, man, I almost flipped to the exact page. That was tight. That was one off. Nice, nice. The sun pours down a ceaseless stream of blistering heat. By mid-afternoon, you are reeling with heat exhaustion. The landscape looks like the barren plains of hell. 
When you say as much to one of the camel drivers, he replies, except that to enter, <laughs> except that to enter hell, a man must die. In the case of the desert, death is the only escape. Lose one life point. <laughs> my favorite guy so far. Just I hope from, I can remember this voice. Just from being super hot. Yeah, just from being hot. We are now suffering from heat stroke. If you still have breath in your body, you press on across the hard rocky terrain. Dust rises from your footsteps and hangs like smoke in the air. At nightfall, you watch the moon rise and wonder if you will live to see another day. If you possess a hawk, turn to 458. Any hawks in the party? No hawks. No hawks. If not, lose another one life point. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Turn to 373. Die of heat exhaustion. That's what it's looking like. You need to make some better decisions here, buddy. <laughs> Maybe. All right. 373, I believe I said. I already wiped out, wiped out the last page, so I'm almost positive that was it. At the dawn, or at dawn the next day, a sheath of darkness suddenly covers the burnished edge of the sun. The roaring wind hits only moments later, bringing with it dense clouds of stinging sand. The storm blots out all daylight, sheltering your eyes. You grab the halter of the nearest camel to keep from getting lost. Then you realize you have the leading camel. It is up to you to decide which route to take next. Mm. Do you head straight into the wind? Do you bear left? Or do you bear right? This is what I was talking about, about like old school ones. But this even gives yeah. you three options, so I'm into it. Okay. Uh, we're going to... Mm, mm. So, so the wind... So my understanding is you are going to be literally walking into... A sandstorm. Straight Let's bear left. You bear left, turn to 82. Alright. I've tempted fate enough here. Yeah, you've been going for going for the gold on, what, you've lost four hit points already? Three hit points. That's eh, not too bad, I guess. The wind carries choking clouds of sand as fine as mill dust. It clogs your throat and scours your eyes raw. Lose one life point. Mm. Then, coughing, half-blinded, deafened by the shriek of the wind... You trudge on towards your destiny. Will you go straight to the left or to the right? Let's go straight now. All right, 151. Yeah, that one really beat the shit out of you, so I would probably just power through it, not try mm. to avoid it anymore. Whoa, we get some art here, but I don't know if well, it's ours. It may not be what to what. Yeah, it may not be our art, but we'll find out when I read this chapter. <laughs> it's like three badass guys on fire standing in front of, like, a door. Anyways... The storm passes at last. I think you made the right call. You watch it swirl off into the north, a smudge of dust against the sharp line of the horizon. Hakeem gathers everyone together. After so many hours with the wind's roar filling your ears, you have to strain to make out his words. We have lost two camels, he is saying. You glance around and find one face missing, the young lad who gave the camels their fodder each evening. What about Hasib? A search is mounted, but there is no sign of Hasib. He is lost beneath the dunes that the storm left piled up in its wake. After stopping to pray, you head on until you see an oasis whose cool green shadows defy the desert's harsh golden dusk. Among the palm trees, there are tents and even the turrets of an old fort. Do we dare approach? says Hakim. They might be hostile. If you, can, if you con counsel him to enter the oasis, turn to 46, if you think it would be wiser to pass. I think we should go to the oasis. We need a break. Okay, 416. Maybe, maybe I can charm these people. If there's even people, let's see what happens. They're going to just fill me with arrows. <laughs> yeah, you take another hit. Uh, you enter the oasis. People in flowing black robes come out from the garden of the oasis to oh, welcome like you. that already. Well, it says they come out to welcome you. Oh, maybe they're just friendly nomads. True. They bring pitchers of fresh water, which you drain gratefully. Then you are led to the tents of their camp. 
beneath the wall of the ruined fort and made comfortable on rugs and cushions. After so long in the dry desert, to be surrounded by swaying palms and trickling streams is like a visit to paradise. You rest at the oasis for several days. Regain one life point. I made the right call. Eventually, with reluctance, you load your camels and set out on the last leg of your journey. We have nearly reached the Red Sea coast, Hakeem mentions as you walk by beside him. That's going to be the hardest part about doing voices, is I don't know who's saying the lines, because I'm actually I'm right, not reading ahead. Yeah, I'm just yeah. going. The worst is behind us now, although I cannot pretend the roads to Cairo are safe. At least we'll not perish of hunger or thirst. Our route takes us close to Mecca, you reply. Out of gratitude for our safe deliverance from the desert, we should stop and make the holy pilgrimage. Hakim clicks his tongue. Oh, another time, perhaps. On the way back. I really can't afford to waste time in Mecca. I've got all these wares to sell in Cairo, you see. If you try to convince him to stop at Mecca, turn to 101. If you let the matter drop, 123. I mean... Like, how dedicated to, to Mecca are you? I mean, you did do Ramadan and all that. I mean, Mecca is the Mecca of Mecca. It's the Met Nice. Smooth. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's try and convince him to go to Mecca. Oh my gosh, you're going to get punched in the face and lose yeah, all life. He, he beats the shit out of you and leaves <laughs> you in the desert. If you try to convince him, 101. All right. Uh, 101, here we are. Oh my god, that's some pretty good art too. I like that there's random pictures in here. Mm. Anyways. What you say is full of pragmatic wisdom, you say to Hakim. He nods and smiles, thinking you agree, but then you go on. However, it reminds me of the sad story of the man who passed Mecca every year with his camels. Each time he would pause and bow and say, next year I will make the pilgrimage. And what happened to him? asks Hakim. His excuses outlasted the years God had allotted to him. Whether or not he entered... Why am I making us such like this... Well, you know what, I'm into it. <laughs> His excuses outlasted the years God had allotted to him. Whether or not he entered the gates of paradise, I cannot say. God alone is all-knowing. But what do you think? Hakim turns from you to the holy city with a look of concern. Even the most foolish of men knows the value of prudence, he mutters at last. And surely I can spare ten days of my life for he who has given me everything I possess? He gives the orders for the caravan to halt. If you have the code word mordant, turn to 194. We do not. Still don't have that. Turn to 146. This is no carefree jaunt for the half-hearted. The rituals are rigorous and take many days. First, you visit the great mosque, where the looming black block of the sacred Kaaba stands like the very fingerprint of God against the sky. Circling this seven times, as tradition demands, is wearying in the intense desert heat. You are soon soaked in sweat and coughing because of the dust thrown up by hundreds of feet. After kissing the black stone, you drink and wash in the sacred well, Zamzam? Or Zamzam? I would assume it's Zamzam. Sure, why not? Based off like, I, I pronunciation I, of their stuff. I don't stuff. know, but yes. I think that would be safer. I think if I'm like, Zam, Zam, it would be pretty douchey of me, so. This thing goes in on the whole, like, Arabic uh, yeah, like, I'm actually, culture and look. I'm actually really impressed. I in, think in I was a way off that's base. actually really interesting, I think. But... Yeah, I think I was off base in saying this dude was going to be racist. I'm certainly not an expert in that sort of thing, so. Right, so I, I apologize if I'm saying it wrong, but anyways. Zam, Zam. Then there is an arduous run to and fro between two mountains just outside the city walls. You see an old man falter and drop to his knees, but by now you are suffused, suffused, suffused with the prophet's teachings. You stop to help him even though you are close to fainting. Your kindness is repaid. The old man helps you with, it, with your prayers in the days that follow. 
On the eighth day, you listened to a sermon preached at the same spot where the prophet last spoke to his people in his life. Then, as the sun pulls streamers of red fire out of the sky to the west, you must walk to the pillars of Mena, where you Mena, Mena, where you spend the next day collecting pebbles. When you wonder, when you wander at the meaning of this, nope, I was right the first time. When you wonder at the meaning of this, the old man is on hand to instruct you. It seems that when Ishmael was tempted by the devil to disobey his father, Abraham, he drove the devil away by throwing stones at him. On the last day, you sacrifice a sheep and distribute the meat to the poor. This symbolizes the sheep that Abraham sacrificed to God in place of his son, Ishmael. Is it Ishmael or Ishmael? It's, uh, it's Ishmael. It is Ishmael, right? The rituals are over. You are now a haji, a pilgrim. Wait, you are now a haji, a yes. pilgrim. You may wear a green turban to show this. Note the co-word haji okay. on your adventure sheet. The next morning you awaken invigorated after your first good restful sleep in many days. Regain two lives. Hell yeah. See, I knew making the pilgrimage would be a good idea. You're bouncing back, my man. And then we turn to page 123. Yeah, it's time to get A some little more sucker of the, a suckle of the Behringer Bros. Not the first yeah. time I've said that. <laughs> Which one do I want? The Behringer Bros or the... Yeah, I'm going to go a little bit more clown line, I think. I said 123, right? I did. You saw the page here marked? Nope. Well, guess we're going. I'm positive. If it, was... it makes sense, it makes sense. <laughs> positive it was 123. <laughs> All right. You journey on for several days. The road turns away from the coast and rises towards some hills which present an outline of dull gray-brown against the clear indigo hues of the sky. Hakim eyes the pass through the hills with a worried frown. He fears an ambush of bandits. Mm. You do not have the code word. We're going to 214. The mordant. Again. Mordant. Yep. That would have been good to get. I wonder. Probably would have been. Yeah. I wonder who would have had it. Hakim's asks if you will go ahead of the main group and see if there are bandits lying in wait. It is a dangerous job, he admits, for which I will pay you two dinars. Two dinars for risking my life? That's hardly fair. He nods. Three, then. If you accept, add three to your money. If you point out that it is not your, in your contract to take, su take such risks, turn to 191. So, I picked the thief class so that I could be stealthy and cunning. Ah, I think I can do this. I'm okay. going to take the money. Okay, add three dinars, my good sir. Turn to 478. Let's see if your, let's see if your thievery finally comes into play. <clears throat> you go up into the pass. Reaching a ridge of rocks, you glance back to see the others watching you nervously. Hakim gives you a wave, which is obviously meant to be reassuring. It only serves to make you all the more resentful that he has sent you on ahead as bait for bandits. Climbing cautiously among the ridges, though, you find no signs of bandits. You are returning to call the caravan on when you are overtaken by the dusk. While up on the higher slopes, you hadn't realized it was so close to sunset. Soon you are engulfed in darkness. It would be foolhardy to go any further now. You might trip in the dark and break your leg. But if you stay put, there are other dangers. The chill of the night, the wild creatures that may even now be emerging to hunt. You do not relish the idea of spending the night unsheltered in these hills. Then you see a light. Going closer, you discover a hut perched on a crag above the pass. If you knock at the door, or do you think, uh, if you think that might be more dangerous, you sleep in the open. Let's go to the hut. Ooh, so you're going to knock? Yeah, we're going to knock at the door. 425. That's a ballsy move, my good sir. Uh, here we go. The door is thrown open and you are dragged inside. 
Oof. Your first impression is the stench. It is as vile as the charnel? Charnel? Charnel. Charnel house. It's where they burn bodies. It is as vile as a charnel house, and your guts bubble in turmoil. The sight of the hut's occupants is even worse, though. A morbidly pallid old she-ghoul and her two sons with faces of doltish evil. One of them holds you while the other gives you a painful poke in the ribs and says, A fine morsel for the supper table. Oh, the cannibals. It's a mortal, ma, <laughs> says the other son. We found the... found, like, uh... <laughs> the <hills> have eyes. <laughs> or, uh, what, a Texas Chainsaw Master. Yeah, the cannibals this is in that totally well. Texas Chainsaw Master. I can see that, you stupid boy replies the mother with a voice that sounds like a goat being strangled. Descriptive. <laughs> What's it doing here? Probably looking for the rock's diamond eggs, suggests the first son. Ooh. She shakes her head. No, wrong side of the Red Sea for that. Don't you boys listen to a word your old ma tells you. Oh well, get it trussed up. I'll stoke the fire. They mean to eat you. Record the code word kismet. Then decide okay. what you'll do. Kismet. K-I-S-M-E-T. Okay. You can fight. Uh, turn to 370. Oh. You can fight. Turn to 370 if you have folklore. Do you? No. Never mind. Use magic if you also have a ring. Or try to trick your way out of this somehow. I'll try to trick my way out of this, of course. Okay. So we'll try to trick our way out. 348. And there we go. Bit puny for ghouls, aren't you? You say to the brothers as they start to tie you up. The mother overhears this. Don't you listen to that nonsense, she snaps. Those mortals are slyly little wretches. What do you mean? Oh, whoops, no, this is a brother. I don't remember the voices. What do you mean, puny, says one of the brothers, ignoring her. You shrug casually. I've seen lots of ghouls tougher than you. Dozens. The other one glares at you. What's your game, eh? I'll have you know we're as strong as they come. A good diet of mortal flesh sees to that, eh, Ma? That's right. Wait, how did I do that? That's right, son, cackles the crone as she stirs the pot. <laughs> uh, believe whatever you like if it makes you feel better, you say. I'm going to die soon, so it doesn't matter to me. I'm just saying you're a pathetic pair of undernourished ghouls. <laughs> they fling the ropes aside. Prove it! All right. How about a race around the hill? If you two beat me, you'll have worked up a good appetite. If I win, you let me go. You'll never win, they snort, taking notice of their mother's outraged glare. They take you outside. <laughs> Back in a minute, ma, one of them calls over his shoulder. If you have the code word conch, we do not. Nope. If you can use folklore, we do not. Mm. Cunning? I do have cunning. Agility? I have agility as well. Archery? Nope. And none of those. Okay, so you can either choose to use none of that or cunning or agility. Hmm. Let's use cunning. That sounds like the more fun one. That sounds like the one that'll, like, make them think you beat them. Yeah, but I really, you them. just took a step back and yeah. <laughs> waited for I, them. I think that's the funnier outcome, <laughs> so I'm going to choose that. <laughs> All right. Cunning turned... This is the kind of shit that's really cool. There is five options in this moment. Right, and that's... they're all based on the skills I have that I chose right. at the beginning that's of this. That's pretty impressive. All right, so you said cunning? Yep. We're going to turn to 469. Nice. Ah! <laughs> nice. All sex right. number. <laughs> it sure is, buddy. Looking along the trail, you say, I think you ought to give me a head start. Pah! 
retorts one of the boys. You are full of bluster after all. It's not that. It's just that we mortals don't see so well in the dark. You want the race to be fair, don't you? Fair? The two ghouls look at each other, mouths sagging like sheep. What does that mean? Or maybe you're afraid I'll beat you, you put in for good measure. With their witless pride at stake, they agree to give you a minute's head start. You race off and conceal yourself behind some rocks. It's exactly what I was saying. (laughs) Much less than a minute later, you see the two ghouls go hurtling past on strong thudding on strong thudding freet. I found a typo. It's a typo. Freet. Oh shit! That ain't what it's supposed to be. Uh, once they are out of sight, you emerge from the rocks. Will you go back to the hut and deal with the she ghoul, or try to get back to the merchant caravan? Remember, it's the middle of the night, and they know you're out here. They do. You're stealthy as shit, but also you can go take this lady on. Do I want to push my luck and see, like, if I can? Get treasure or loot from the Sheagull. I'm going to have a little bit more of the Behringer. I'm really liking this wine. I'm glad you like that. That's I liked it too. Very tasty. Anyways. Uh, I think I'm going to go back to the Sheagull. Yeah. We're out here for adventure, right? We found adventure. I feel like you have more to... I don't know. You might have more to gain and lose, right? Right. Of course. All right. Let's do it. Uh, if you uh, go back to deal with the Sheagull, turn to page 34. Bro, I'm not even, honestly, not even mad I bought this book for any reason. I'll put this on my shelf and play this with friends. I'll get on the freaking Discord with Charles and do this for hours. This is great. (laughs) This is fun, yeah. The ghoul dam looks up with bulging eyes as the door splinters under your kick. What have you done to my sons? She screeches before lunging towards you, a meat cleaver hanging on the wall. Or, lunging towards a meat cleaver hanging on the wall. A worm-eaten old stick rests beside the door. You can grab it and attack her, use a sword if you have one, or rely on your bare hands. Uh, I'm going to use the stick. You're going to grab the stick? I don't have a sword, so... Alright, and you don't want to use your bare hands. Hey, yeah, you're not like a warrior or anything. Yeah, I'm not like, yeah, I'm okay. not that kind of fighter. Uh, 435. Damn, I was close again. There is a wrestling skill in the book, which would be like if you wanted to use your bare hands. Yeah. You snatch up the wooden stick lying beside the door. As you throw yourself forward to strike, the she-ghoul's bony fingers are already closing around the handle of the meat cleaver. You stumble off balance against the table. Everything seems to be in slow motion. Will you lash her across the knuckles to stop her from getting the cleaver? Or will you wait until you are in a position to give her a more solid blow? Hmm. I guess this is really relying on how well you think this stick will hold up. (laughs) It is a worm-eaten stick. That's a good question. I might take a hit if I don't try to stop her. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to wait till I, I can get a better strike. Okay. So we are going to uh, wait until we're in a position to give a more solid blow. 33. Theoretically, the stick should outrange the meat cleaver. Whoa! Your blow splits the ghoul's head open like a gourd. Oof. Whatever spills out is not like any human brain. A quivering black mass that reminds you of a dead octopus. Retching, you cast the wooden stick aside wooden stick aside and hastily search the hut for anything worth taking. You find fifteen dinars in a jar over the hearth, money no doubt stolen from the poor souls the ghouls waylaid and ate. Add this sum to the amount on your adventure sheet. Okay. You also take a thick woolen cloak. You have no desire to spend the night here, and you will need something to keep warm while sheltering amid the rocks. The cloak is crawling with lice but you hold it over the fire for a few minutes so that the smoke drives most of them out. 
If you decide to keep the cloak, add it to your list and turn to 80. If you leave it behind, 260. I will keep the cloak. Keep the cloak, add it to your possessions. You already wrote it down. Look, that was profitable. Yeah, it turned out pretty pretty well. Uh, All right. You go and shelter in a cave after first checking that it isn't already occupied. A raw wind howls outside, but you are su- you are snug inside your woolen cloak. Even so, you get very little sleep after your horrific experience. Rising with the first silver light of the pre-dawn, you head down out the hills to join the others. Turn to 289. I assume there's multiple things that can lead you to that page. I wonder what they are. <laughs> probably. You probably get a cloak and other shit. And- Anyways, 289. The caravan travels on along roads that get increasingly busy as you approach Cairo. Porters carrying great bundles of grain and cloth jostle outside the city gates in a press of heavily laden camels, donkeys, and rumbling wheeled carts. In all the confusion, it amazes you that Hakim somehow manages to squeeze his way to the front of the crowd and present his papers to the sentries. The papers themselves are just a formality, since probably neither Hakim nor the sentry he speaks to can read. The important thing is the bag of gold coins that is discreetly handed over. I like to think of like the classic drug dealer high five, like the yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Where you the, slide the bills in like the palm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with this transaction complete, the sentries help to push the crowd aside so that your camels can tra- traipse traipse yep. yep through into the city. If you have the code word mordant, nope. We really should have got mordant. I bet you mordant may. Like, maybe there's branching paths, and, like, we can do more more than one adventure, and Mordant is something we learn from a different adventure. Yeah, probably. Uh, if not, turn to 284. That's where we're headed. 284. You say your farewells to Hakim and the others. Many speak to you with sad tremors in their voices, and several openly wipe, or, uh, and several openly wipe their tears. We bonded on the road. Yeah, you did. You did the Sammy Sosa. You were like, I miss you, man. Uh, Though you met as strangers, and it is likely you'll never see any of them again, you have shared experiences that make you as close as cousins. Uh, You almost died. You went through a sandstorm. You got refuge at a random oasis. Mm -hmm. And... They sent you out to fight bandits. We fought some ghouls, but they weren't there for that. No, you fought some ghouls. All right, well, either way. Hakim himself presses a pouch into your hand. You've been more helpful than I could have imagined, he says. Take this as a little bonus. Once out of sight around the corner, you check the contents of the pouch. Three dinars. Well, for Hakim, that is generous. Add it to your money and then turn to 215. Yeah, remember, he had trouble paying you the original, so... Yeah, so overall, he, I mean, he paid me three on the on the road, he paid me six up front, and he paid me three more, yeah. so that's 12. The other guy was only offering 10. Who knows Plus, what that Plus, I looted been... a bunch from the ghouls, yeah. so... You got, what, 15 from them or some shit? Yes. And a woolen cloak? So this was profitable. The talk on the streets of Cairo is mostly of the Red Sea pirates. Small children are enthralled by the stories, but none of the adults of the city have a good word for the pirates. Prices have doubled in the past two months, complains a shopkeeper. No one dares to travel by sea, and perishable goods cannot survive the slow journey by camel. I have not had a properly spiced meal since the end of Ramadan. You soon learned that the Sultan of Cairo has promised a reward for the one who puts a stop to these pirates. One thousand dinars. That would make you as rich and respected a citizen as any in Baghdad. If you go to offer your services in catching the pirates, turn to 306, Alternatively, 
you can visit the bazaar or leave the city. Let's visit the bazaar. All right. Maybe I can get some cool shit and then I can go Got, out to the pirates. All right. I respect it. 328, baby. It's going to be really embarrassing if I set a page and then didn't go to that page and got very lucky that it synced up with our adventure and someone's listening. It's like, you son of a bitch. I've read this book, Twist of Fate, (laughs) from 1994 by, what was the guy's name, John Morris? Dave Morris. Uh, (laughs) Although I don't blame you for picking the name John. It's just as close. (laughs) All right. Cairo Market has few bargains to offer because of the problems of the pirates, but you find the following goods for sale. Water bottle, five dinars. A bow, 40. A mirror, 30. Sword, uh, sword. A sword, 30. After you have bought anything you want and noted it on your sheet, decide what to do. All right. How much money you got? I have 51, so I could buy any of these. You can buy any of these. You can buy, actually, you can buy any two, or you can buy two of these. I think a water bottle... Oh, you know what? I'm just the narrator. I mean, a water bottle does sound good. There was a mirror there, too? Bow, mirror, sword. Bow, mirror, sword, and the water bottle. And the water bottle. But, but, that being said... How much was the mirror? 30. Hmm. The, uh, archery is an actual skill. And so is swordsmanship. And so is swords... Swordplay. Now, I mean, it did say that, like, if I had a sword, I could have used it against the ghoul, but... Right. uh, But hmm. I bet... In that instance, it would have been like, if you have swordsmen, this is your... But, yeah, and I, and I do feel like, as I am a thief, my, my forte is not fighting people. Right. I'm, not, I'm not an archer, I'm not a swordsman, but a mirror I could possibly use for some sort of trickery. You want to get a mirror? Let's get the mirror and the water bottle. All right. Can I get both? Yes, you can. Anything you want, it says. So remove 35 dinars. And add those to your list. What's 53 minus 35? 18. Okay. It is uh, worth noting, we we did this beforehand, but I'm going to say it aloud now in case you're following like how he has all his shit. He is only allowed eight possessions, max. If you have eight and you find something, you have to replace it. Right yeah, now, so I'm, at... I'm up to three now. I have the cloak, the water bottle, and the mirror. I had no possessions at the beginning. Oh, the thief doesn't get anything? They get nothing, no. Okay, all right. Start with the clothes on their back and a little bit more money than the other classes start with. Yes. All right. All right. So now we get to decide. Do you offer to help catch the pirates or leave the city? I'm going to I'm gonna help catch the pirates. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's a, that's a big reward. I could buy so many bows. Dude, how many horses can you buy? Oh, would they be as sexy as that horse I found, though? For that coin? They better be. <laughs> that one was only worth hundreds. You're going to have thousands. If it takes forever. I will wait for you. It's the Fabio of horses as far mm. as I'm concerned. I'm going to find, I'm going to type in like, like anime horses rule 34 and get the sauciest picture of a horse and put it as this podcast like cover photo. Yeah. Well, okay. All right. Uh, oh shit. What was the page? What did I just get to? Uh, 306. Okay. Luckily I did actually you know. Did that that one. Okay, good. All right. You believe you can come up with a plan to catch the Red Sea Pirates. Problem is, who's going to listen to an impoverished wanderer like you? Do you have seafaring? No. Do you have streetwise? Yes. Do you have a harem costume? No. <laughs> Failing any of those, your only option is to try to speak to the Sultan. Would you rather try to speak to Sultan or are we going to use that streetwise? I'm going to use that streetwise, yeah. All right, 392. That's the point of having the skill. I mean, we might as well just pick those ones. Yeah. 
but I gotta give you the option. Oh, this is a good. This is a long one. <clears throat> I appreciate you giving me the option. Let me have a suckle of wine while I get into this one. Yeah, suckle that good. Oh, one of the Sultan's advisors, a wealthy man named Nizam. How would you say this? Because I know how I would. But I'm gonna ask. N i z a m. N i z a m. Nizam. I'd probably say Nizam or Nizam. Yeah, Nizam. Uh, let me restart that. One of the Sultan's advisors, a wealthy man named Nizam, has a reputation for modesty and generosity. You have until you see him approaching the mosque for evening prayer, and then take out a bowl with which you start washing the feet of the worshippers as they come up the mosque steps. Nizam pauses beside you, but instead of washing his feet, you select a common laborer with toes as dirty as a camel's. Why do you wash this man's feet ahead of mine? This is them street smarts. Uh-huh. Nazim asks, are you unaware that I am one of the Sultan's personal friends? From the corner, I should have gave him a voice. I will later. From the corner of your eye, you see that he wears a half smile, which is an encouraging sign. You decide to press ahead with your ploy. God sees no difference in your feet, nor cares a whit less from the man's prayers than for yours. Oh, nor cares for a whit less for this man's prayers than for yours. You well, may- I am a godly man. We have established That's that. That's true. You may indeed have the ear of the sultan, but you do not be so prideful as to suppose this elevates you above other men. Nizam stares open-mouthed at this, then gives a delighted chuckle. Never have I heard such insolence. It is most refreshing. Please do me the honor of coming to my house for supper. (laughs) That's Nice. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) That night, you strike up a friendship with Nizam over several games of chess. As you depart, you mention casually that you have a plan for dealing with the Red Sea Pirates. Perhaps it would be better if the Sultan heard it from you, though, you suggest. He'd never listen to a commoner like me. Nonsense, replies Nizam. How can you, of all people, think such a thing? It is your plan, and I would not dream of presenting it as my own. You've changed this guy on a dime. <laughs> we're that good. <laughs> Look, we are. A, th- th- if there's one thing that we have, we're a smooth talker. That's right. And a man of God. Jive Walker. Yes. Oh, and, you yes. know, you've got it all. Uh, tomorrow, I shall take you to into the palace and introduce you to the sultan. You can tell him your plan in person. Turn to 193. I like this guy. I like this Nizim. Yeah. N- Nizam, sorry. I'm uh, starting to actually like the main character, too. This, yeah. He, you, he's got a real personality, a real, uh, what is it? Um, you don't know what it is, but he's got it. He's got, he's got moxie, kid. He's like one of those like trickster characters in folklore. Yeah. He's turning out to be that kind of guy. He's your character. You've made yeah. a good character. Yeah. 193. The Sultan decides to let you try your luck in catching the pirates. That was, uh, yeah. You did it! We had a good plan. We had <laughs> we had a PowerPoint presentation. We <laughs> yeah. went through several bullet points. There were really sexy slide transitions. Left your shirt. And a picture of the sexy horse. Left your shirt unbuttoned slightly. Take a look at this horse. This horse is amazing. <laughs> Do you not understand how sexy... If you give it a lick, it tastes just like raisins. <laughs> <laughs> Don't lick the horse. Uh, he has nothing to lose, after all. You are taken to a small port at the foot of Mount Sinai, where you are entrusted with a vessel and a crew of 30 marines. They just gave you the fucking house, dude. They were like, no to town. Great, this has turned into one piece now. Okay, you're all the straw hat pirates. Yeah, pretty all much. All right, you put out to sea and sail around the coast for several days without seeing so much as a fishing boat. Your patience is finally rewarded one morning when the lookout calls out, Sails on the horizon! 
He's British. Sarah's all in the horizon. That's Speedwagon. Of course, of course it is. <laughs> the other vessels, the other vessels hoves into view. It turns out not to be the pirates, but a cumbrous merchant ship laden with wine barrels. Its captain obviously decided to risk passage across the Red Sea. You have a feeling his ship will make a choice target for the pirates. If you move in and hail the ship, turn to 239, if you keep it in sight without getting close, 476. Hmm. Are you laying a trap or are you laying a trap? Let's be cunning about this again because that that is who I am. I'm more of a trickster than a... Right. So I'm going to keep this ship in sight but not hail it. Okay. 476 it is. I feel like we've been all over this book. But I will help myself to more wine. Obviously. You'd be crazy not to. This is a short one. We're about halfway through both bottles. Oh yeah, we're killing it. We're one bottle down. Are we? Oh, well, we're one bottle down because we're halfway through. Right, right. Oh, that one doesn't have enough light. Yeah, it's hard to tell where the the red is. Cloud line. That's all right. But let's judge by weight. It looks like we're a little lower on the red than we are on the... Probably about the same. Yeah. This is a short one, so enjoy your wine while I read ahead. At noon, your lookout reports seeing the black sails of the pirates. Ah, yep. They are off the starboard bow. Closing like a raptor on their sluggish prey. We know what starboard is because it's the right side. because we work with boats. Uh, all right, they are off the starboard bow, closing like a raptor on their sluggish prey. If you order your vessel to close in and engage the pirates, turn to two sixty two. If you stand off and watch their attack on the merchant ship, turn to two eighty five. Let's close in. Closing in. Time to spring the time to spring the trap. Two sixty two. We're gonna get fucked. We're going to do... Oh, this is close. Do you have seafaring? No. Uh, do you have archery and a bow? No. 351 it is. Fuck. <laughs> this isn't looking good, buddy. Well, let's see what happens. All right. The pirates bear down towards your ship. As they get close, the shadow of their black sails falls across the deck, drawing a groan of fear from your marines. The enemy's prow crashes hard into your rail, splintering their planks. Your men go pale with fear, but you are not daunted. Smashing your foot into the broken timbers, you cry out, This ship scuppered! Will you wait aboard her till she sinks? Those of you who want to live, follow me. We're boarding. This dude is... You went full captain, bro. Yeah. You went this right... Is, this <laughs> is 100% of the You're like, I'm done being this guy. Let's just do the damn thing. <laughs> Ain't nothing to it but to do it, you say as you walk off. Mm-hmm. That was my line, not from the book. But if that was in the book, it would have been fire. You leap across the rail towards the startled pirates. Your marines take courage from your example. The pirates fight furiously, but they are not used to fighting a defensive battle, and soon begin to weaken in the teeth of your onslaught. Do you have swordplay? No. Uh, Do you have wrestling? No. If you have neither skill, lose seven life points. Ooh, that hurts. How how far? I'm I'm still okay. I have two life points left. All right, assuming you survive to see victory... Turn to 372. You Victory, bro. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. All right, 372. We probably could have mitigated that cost by being more clever, but... Or either waiting longer or being a part of them when they attacked, I assume, right. would have like given you the upper hand. But either way, 372. Uh, I probably should have approached the ship. That's all right. But we've already made the choice. The pirate leader wore a black jewel on a chain around his neck. The captain of marines hands it to you. But <laughs> The captain... Perhaps you'd like to have this as a keepsake, he suggests. We have to take the rest of the booty back to the Sultan, of course. Mm. 
I didn't laugh as hard as booty as I did at Shaft's, but we're getting there. That's fine. When you return to Cairo, the Sultan is overwhelmed with gratitude. Those pirates had been bleeding the city dry, he says. You are... <laughs> he split his arrow in twine, is the inspiration <laughs> for that voice. From uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights by uh, Mel Brooks. Of course, of course. You are a savior. This reward is hardly enough to express my thanks. On your future travels, always remember that there is a welcome here for you in Cairo. Add 1,000 dinars to your money. Good, I now have 1,008. Also note the black jewel on your adventure sheet. Okay. If you decide to keep it. I will. It doesn't give you the option to not, if you do, you, if you choose to not keep it, you just don't write it down, which is stupid. There's no, like, two thing here. Right, right. Yeah, you just leave it behind. Right. Thanking the Sultan for his generosity, you take your leave. Turn to three. 349. Yeah, pirate He's, adventure. I have 2 HP. I dude, need to find a way to You recover. pirated their asses off, dude, but we gotta be careful. Leaving Cairo on foot, you head along the banks of the Nile. Soon you have left the fertile farmland behind, and you head on into wild territory where the Sultan's rule of law does not extend. Crocodile is there. No, it's not crocodile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Full on One Piece. We are wandering through the <laughs> desert. We encounter crocodile. We fought some pirates. I'm going to I'm gonna upload every page of this as a PDF and alter out every word that says crocodile to crocodile, and I will make him a part of this story. Crocodiles splash the dune-colored water, sliding down off the sun-drenched banks as you pass. You see boats plying their... If you die by a crocodile, that will suck. That'd be hilarious. You see boats plying their trade. But they stay in midstream. A lone traveler in these parts might easily be brigand, 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 brigand. That's way better. A lone traveler in these parts might easily be a brigand or a mad wizard. And the few peasants you see are fearful of approaching you. Beyond the riverbank lies a waterless wasteland. Soon the soles of your feet are hardened like leather and your tongue sticks to the roof of your mouth. In all directions, the horizon is lost in a hot, flat haze. Lose one life point unless, unless. you have wilderness lore mm, or a nope. full bottle. I do have the bottle. Ayo! If you use a bottle, note that it is now empty. Okay. But it saved you that life point. After days without seeing another soul, you reach an, reach an oasis. I said that wrong twice. After days without seeing another soul, you reach an oasis. Mm -hmm. Wonderwall is playing in the background. <laughs> anyway, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> Maybe you're gonna be the one. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> high palm trees sway against the sky. They are a rich dark green that almost looks black against the dazzling dust-draped landscape. If you stop off at the oasis, turn to 473. If you continue past... Turn to 15. I'm stopping at the Oasis. I think that's the best Last call. time that worked well for me. Right. So. The fact that you were... And I might be able to refill the water bottle. The fact that you were a water bottle away from near death is pretty impressive. Yeah. All right. Uh, stop off at the Oasis. Wonder Wall in the background, of course. Turn to 473. Well, you know, today was going to be the day <laughs> we're going to throw it back to you. Of course, of course. Oh, this is good. I, I didn't even have to read ahead to just see the page and note that this was good. A nomadic tribe has made its camp here. The tents nestle like white doves in the cool shade under the trees. The tribesmen watch as you quench your thirst at the oasis. Then several of them come forward and invite you to look over some goods they have for sale. I'm going to give you, because of the way this works, I have to assume, you fill your bottle. Okay. So, so put that it's no longer empty. 
as the DM of this session, sure, I sure. give you that. Here is an antidote against all poisons, says one, holding up. I mean, I gotta give these voices, but I gotta give them real nice voices. They're nomadic. Here is an antidote against all poisons, says one, holding up a small glass vial. Here is another. A little glass vial? A little glass vial. <laughs> and the vial goes into the handle of the gun like a battery. Uh, here is a water bottle that is never empty. And here, a magic rope from India. You smile, not sure if he means it as a joke. To openly suggest that he is lying would provoke a fight. Great marvels indeed. I doubt if I could afford these treasures. We have other things to show you, he replied. <laughs> like, they, like, we can't afford We this. have such sights to show you. Yeah. <laughs> we have other things to show you, he replies, unruffled. Not all are so expensive. You look over their wares and find the following. Mm. Oh, boy. Good, we all have right. somewhere to spend all this money we've got now. <laughs> yeah. You're swimming in coin, bro. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you... Oh, no, you can't for obvious reasons, but that's okay. Here, listen. You find an antidote. 90 dinars, an ever full bottle, 100 dinars, Ooh. an Indian rope, which he previously said was magic, 300 dinars, Ooh. a magic ring, 80, a bow, 50, mirror, 40, sword, 20, black jewel, 90. Well, we already have a black jewel. We don't need that. I think a magic ring wouldn't work for you. Oh, sorry. I'm, 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 Ma- well, no, yeah, the magic ring it was tied to the wizard's magic skill. I'm sure you could use it much like it said if you had a sword, but I bet there's some level of, like, decision. There, like, with the bow, it said if you have a bow and archery, so. That's true. But, let's see, let's see. But it did not say if you have the sword and sword Okay, sword. I definitely need that magic rope. You want the rope. Okay, uh, Indian rope, 300. Okay. Put so that one let's, down. Let's put that... That puts me down to 708. Uh, you have left to buy an antidote, an ever-full bottle, a magic ring, a bow, mirror, sword. We already have a black jewel, so I'm not going to tell you that one. Yep. Uh, let's get the antidote. Okay. 90. So that puts me down to 618. There you go. Antidote. How many uh, spots are you taking? Five, right? Um, I've got six spots taken right now. Okay. Uh, and I'll grab the, uh, Everfull water bottle. I think you kind of have to, right? Yeah. That, Even that if you goes... have one that's good, having that will be great too. Maybe you need to 518. All right. Yeah, that was 100, so yep. And of course, the, the regular water bottle is going to be the first to hit the ground when I... Need to, yeah. And maybe you can hand it off. Who knows? Maybe somewhere in this adventure it's like, give water to a, a, a beggar. Uh, let's grab the sword. That'll take me to eight. Okay, it's only 20. The sword's real cheap, right? You don't here, want the so. mirror? I already have the mirror. Oh, that's right. You got that last time. Okay, 20. You're load you're looted and loaded. All I right. I you to 498 and I have a sword. Hell yeah. So maybe I will be able to use that if it gets to a situation where I have to fight oh, and Look at me as a good as a good DM. Buy what you wish. It is if you have an ordinary bottle, you have the chance to refill it at the oasis. So note that it is now full. The Everfull bottle is exactly what he claimed it to be and will always contain water when you need it. Okay. Bidding the nomads farewell, you continue south on foot across the desert. Turn to 15. Unfortunately, no health. That sucks. It does at the moment. Yes, it does. Another few days brings you to... But Uh, I'm armed to the teeth now. Yeah, yeah, you're ready. Another few days brings you to Zela. 
Z-E-I-L-A. I'm going to say Zella. Zela. Z-E-I-L-A. Yeah, Zela. Right? Zela. Another few days brings you to Zela, a medium-sized port on the west coast of the Gulf of Aden. The journey has been arduous, and it has been a long time since you had a drink of water. Lose one life point unless you have water, which we do. Of course. Refreshing yourself at a fountain by the city gate, where you can refill any bottles, you hear a sublimely beautiful song wafting through the dusk. It is the call to a, uh, it is the call to prayer from the high miner, minaret. 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 You can see above the. It's rooftops. one of those, you know, the the big spires on top of the castle in Agrabah and Aladdin. That's a minaret. Oh, okay. It's an architectural feature. Right. It's the thing that almost runs him over when the the when the pillars rolling at him in the snow and he goes inside of the the top of the. Well, window. yeah, that's like the the the. The shaft holding up. <laughs> Come on, the you know the you can't is say the shaft. architectural feature on top. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, it is the call to prayer from the high minaret you can see above the rooftops. Kneeling where you are, you give thanks to heaven for seeing you safely through the desert. Turn to one forty nine. Okay. Okay. Let's get some health in this boy. I hope I can. The streets of the city are tiered thoroughfares are tiered thoroughfares that snake up between the clustered houses to the palace at the top of the hill as you ascend the steps of one such street you are shouldered aside by a patrol of stern-faced soldiers affronted at their rudeness you give them a glowering a glowering 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 they i glower at them dubiously yes Um, that's in in everquest there were messages that would tell you how someone who would would react to you you could consider them and know if they're hostile or not and if they really don't like you but they're not willing to kill you on sight they would glower at you dubiously (laughs) of course they would well you are glowering you are giving them a glowering look Mm. as they descend towards the docks a passing barber notices the incident and says to you the palace guards are looking for a thief who stole a ruby from the treasury. The sultan is furious, and he has decreed that if the thief is not caught by the time the moon rises tonight, the captain of the palace guard will be crucified. Your pride is still ruffled. I can understand their urgency, then. All the same, there is no excuse for manhandling an honest traveler in that way. He peers at you in the dusk. Are you a stranger to the city? Yeah, you say, nodding. What of it? are we that cheeky this dude has been like such a poetic writer and he's just like yeah what of it (laughs) he suddenly leaps back and cries here is the thief here before you can react the soldiers turn and race back up the street as you start to raise your hands the barber leaps on your back bearing you to the ground the soldiers grab you well done friend the officer says to the barber you'll be rewarded for this my reward awaits me in heaven my reward awaits me in heaven he says i'll give it to you myself you growl at him. Once I've explained, there's been a mistake. Turn to 250. I do not like this with how so low we, We've been arrested, yep. Despite your protests, you are dragged in front of the palace gates. The sultan's executioner was already preparing to execute the captain of the guard, who is relieved to see his men arriving in the nick of time. The sultan looks down from his palanquin. Palanquin. Yeah, that's one of those things that, you know, you have, like, servants carrying, and it's like a chair that... Like the rich guy sitting on, there's mm. like veils and. So in Aladdin, when he's yep. Prince Ali for the song, yes, yes, the thing he's being trotted in on. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, the and sultan palanquin looks... is how you pronounce that. There yes. we go. The sultan looks down from his palanquin. Is this? Oh wait, is this the thief? The captain barely glances at you. Yes, O Master of Justice, he says. The sultan orders you to be thrown into prison while he decides your eventual punishment. 
You are too stunned by the sudden wretched twist of fate ah! Ah! to react. He hauled away by hauled away by guards. You are stripped of your bow if you have one. They also take any money you are carrying, Oof. although they leave your other belongings. Okay, I get to keep the sword. It's a good thing you spent as much as you could. Yeah, okay. <laughs> they lower you into an obliette. Oubliette. Oubliette. That's, that's a pit where you throw prisoners to forget about them. Just say good, good riddance. Yep. <laughs> the grating drops into place with a harsh clang. You listen in shock as the heavy iron padlock is sealed. You can hear rats rustling through the dank straw carpeting the cell. So you're the jewel thief, then, says a voice in the gloom. Don't look like much to us, eh? Show, Sherizad. As your eyes adjust, you make out a figure crouching beside you. He is an old man with limbs as thin and gnarled as twigs. On his lap, he has a mangy cat, which he is cosseting as though it were a princess. If you want to talk to him, 38. If you ignore him and sit in silence, 61. I'm going to talk to him. All right. 38 I'm a it is. Guy. You are a pretty social guy. That's a good call. Mm. You explain to the old man that there has been a mistake. You are not a thief. Surprisingly, his answer to this is a thin wheeze of laughter. Not the shadow, eh? I thought not. I doubt they'll ever catch that one. Who is the shadow? The most daring of knaves. The rogue who purloined the Jin Rong. And Allah Aladdin. And the flying rug once owned by the Emir of Cor Cordoba as well as the crown of the infidel ruler, Shah al-Ma'in. He, or she, for the shadow is a figure veiled in mystery, has vowed next to steal the diamond egg of the rock. If you have the code word kismet, turn to 64. I do. If not, 470. Well, let's turn with the code word. I like this guy. 64. The egg of rock? You say, with a faraway look in your eye, I've heard its nest lies just below the clouds, atop a pinnacle overlooking the headwaters of the Nile. No doubt it is high above the ground, retorts the old man. But as for being at the head of the Nile, nonsense. I myself was born in a village at the head of the Nile. If there had been any high peak nearby on which the rock nested, I would surely know about it. The truth is that the rock is to be found on the Isle of Palms, far to the east. Lose the code word kismet and record the and record the code word fabric instead. Okay. Then turn to four seventy. Got it. Man, this is going somewhere. It's, it is. You cannot help grinning at the man as you say. Well, you certainly seem to have a fu a fund of strange stories. <laughs> you doubt them? He leaps to his scrawny feet, eyes flashing. Watch as I prove the truth of all I've said. You see my cat, Sherazad? She has heard my words, yet you'll note her tail is not an inch longer than before. You bite your lip and take half a step backwards. The old man is undeniably mad. <laughs> Incontrovertible proof, you say to him, to humor him. I no longer doubt you at all. <laughs> what a wise ass. <laughs> Don't talk to me like I'm daft, you young sprat. Now watch the cat's tail while I tell her a few lies. Sherazad, it's my birthday today, and I'm just ten years old. This morning, the gowler gave me a fine confection of dates. Jailer. Oh, is really? Yeah, it's an old-timey word for jail, but it's pronounced the same. Oh, wow. The jailer gave me a fine confection of dates. 
saffron rice, spiced mutton, and wine for breakfast. I ate so much my ba my belly ate. The caliph is my second cousin, and I myself heard the prophet's last sermon. Peace be upon him. You blink and rub your eyes, but there can be no doubt. With each lie, the cat's tail grows a couple of inches. Then, after a few seconds, it returns to its normal length. What a miraculous animal, is all you can say. Well, I mean, what else do you <laughs> yeah. say in that situation? She's a sure indicator of when people are telling the truth, agrees the old man. If you possess a coil of Indian rope, turn to 41. I if not, <laughs> but you possess a pair of magic slippers, we do not. And if you have neither, 61, do you want to show him your rope? Let's show him the rope, yeah. Let's show him the rope. Show him the ropes. <laughs> yeah. It actually doesn't sound like we have a choice. It says if you have that, you're just going to do it. It does. That. I just like to tell you. <clears throat> no, it is good to get the choices out. Right. His eyes widen as he notices the bundle of rope over your shoulders. I traveled far and wide in my youth, he says. Now tell me. Oh, now, don't tell me. Let me guess. That's Indian hemp, isn't it? I saw some bizarre little conjuring tricks that used a coil of rope just like that during my time in the East. If you tell him about the Indian rope trick, turn to 110. If not, 61. I guess I'll tell him about it. He's blown away by this rope. You're going to tell him. Yeah, why not? Uh, if he you seems tell him, trustworthy. 110? I mean, he's clearly shown you a pretty crazy guy. He's cat. also literally the only dude I can talk to right now. <laughs> yeah, so, you know. that's true. All right. You can escape at any time, so there is no need for haste. Making a mattress out of handfuls of grimy straw, you lie down to get some rest. At the top of the oubliette, beyond the grill, the last silvery gleam of daylight is fading from the sky. You yawn, dimly aware of your eyelids fluttering closed. 110, right? That just doesn't feel right. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I'm just going to make sure. It was 34. We but I'm like, we're still in. What? We're still in the prison, so... That's true. We are still in the prison. It does seem like a bit of a leap, like... Uh... They seem to be doing that, though. All right, these are a lot. Yeah, 470, yada, yada. All right, we're going to go back. Uh, you yawn, dimly aware of your eyelids fluttering closed. You wake up abruptly in a cold sweat. It is pitch dark. You are dreaming of being carried to the graveyard outside of Baghdad. In the dream, you were alive, but unable to move. You could not tell anyone you were still alive. You reach out a hand towards your belong belongings. The Indian rope is gone. As your eyes adjust to the gloom, you see the old man is no longer beside you. He stole it. He stole your rope and used it to escape. Cross the Indian rope off your sheet. Damn, I guess I shouldn't have told him about it. You notice that the old man has left his long-tailed cat behind. You can uh, keep it if you wish and put it on your sheet. I guess I'll keep the cat. You have space now. Mm -hmm. That's your eighth fill-in, right? Because you erased yep. the other one? All right, you can keep the cat if you'd wish. 61. I have a that cat now. son of a bitch. I traded the rope for a cat. That's fine. The oubliette is a bell-shaped chamber lined with muck and straw. There are several other prisoners here. Seeing you pacing around, one of them sighs and points to the grill in the middle of the seating. Some of us have been here for years, he says. Food is thrown down every day or so, if we're lucky. Other than that, we're forgotten here. There's no escape. What about water? You must lick what you can off the walls. He shows you his tongue, black and covered with sores. Ugh! You position yourself directly below the grill and stare up at it, a distance of almost 20 feet. The walls funnel in towards it, so there is no chance of climbing up. If you possess either magic slippers or Indian rope, 
Use them now. If not, 155. That 155. son of a bitch took our rope. We got a cat in exchange, but... A week later, the grill is hauled up and another prisoner is lowered into the oubliette. Here is the real shadow, calls down a guard. Now, you worthless wretches have got some distinguished company for a change. The grill drops back into place with a clang. What about me? You shout up. If you've got the real shadow, you must know I'm innocent. The guard's face reappears at the top. He has a broad smirk as he says, Innocent? You can't be innocent if you're in jail, can you? So maybe you didn't steal the Sultan's ruby. Who cares? No doubt there's some other crime we can mark you down to. This is rank injustice, you call back. But he's gone. Mm. The newcomer places a hand on your shoulder. I, too, am a victim of injustice. For I am not the shadow. I thought you were. In fact, I got myself caught in order to meet you. My name is Azaname. Let me, let me spell this so I can sure, say that sure. line better. A-Z-E-N-O-M-E-I. Azaname. Azaname. Sure. I, I, I can't see any better pronunciation. My name is Azaname. You turn and look at him, a handsome, beardless young man with sparkling gaze. He has a small scar across the bridge of his nose. In that case, I'm sorry to disappoint you, you say. And why are you smiling? Don't you know we'll probably stay here till we die? His grin goes all the, grows all the wider as he brings out a huge bunch of keys. Here, I have the answer to 999 locks. All we need is a way to reach the grill. If you have a pair of magic slippers, you do not. If you have Indian rope, you do not. If you have a long-tailed cat, turn to 314. Um, and if you do I not have, have any... You have no way of reaching the grill, and you really will end your days in the miserable pit. So it's just a game over. Thank God we took the cat. Good thing I have the cat. <laughs> 314. I think 314 d decides I need a quick suckle. Mm. It's about time to f refill for me, so. I'm getting very close. That, so. I'm getting very close. All right. You remember the cat's weird knack of adding inches to its tail each time it hears a lie. Then that's how we'll escape, says Azanem, Azen, Azenomi. Azen, Az, how did I say Azenome? it? Azenome. This is going to be real hard for me. But that's okay. We're learning together. Then that's how we'll escape, says Azenome, brightly when you tell him. You shake your head. The tail soon shrinks again, and the grill's at least 20 feet up. His eyes show a sly glint. I know a thousand lies, each more scandalous than the last. We'll wait till it's dark. At midnight, he wakes you, and then, bending close to the cat's ear, he starts to whisper to it. Instantly, the tail shoots up, growing longer and longer until it reaches the grill. Climb, says Azenome, tossing you the keys. The two of you ascend and unlock the grill. After more than a week in the noxious air of the cell, the night breeze take, tastes as sweet as oasis water. Azenome takes back his bunch of keys. You notice the cat's tail is shrinking again, so you grab it and haul the animal up after you. Who knows? Might come in useful again. <laughs> Turn to 358. I feel like this cat's cooler than the rope, so... Yeah, man, I just want this cat now. This cat's <laughs> great. <laughs> All right. Here's a, here's a full page. You're Get ready for some story. All right. The two of you manage to slip out of the city the next morning on the back of an ox cart. The owner is startled when the sacks of grain on the back of his cart are suddenly thrown aside to reveal two scruffly, scruffy young vagabonds, or as I like to say, scruffy young nerf herders. Oh, yes. 
You haven't even seen that movie? <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Azenime gazes back at the city and gives a hearty laugh. A pox on that place. I'll never go there again, I can tell you. He turns to you. And where are you bound now, my friend? I left Baghdad in search of fame and fortune. But I was accused of being an infamous thief, and now I have no money. You could do worse than throwing your lot with me, decla- declares Azenime. I'm heading across the desert to rescue my sister. She was spirited away by a genie. Spirited away. Nice. By a genie. Oh, is that what that is? Nice. It's not with a, G- a DJ, but that No, is... no, just J, actually. But okay. I'm assuming it's like uh, the Witcher's genie. Yeah, probably. Probably. Oh, so a jinn in uh, in Islamic folklore is basically uh, a, a nature spirit. Oh, okay. So it's, it's just a powerful nature god uh, i mean think of it like like the concept of the kami in uh in shinto uh, that, that's probably not actually clarifying it is it no it's not helping me at all it's a genie uh yes it's a genie <laughs> <laughs> it's blue and voiced by robin williams or will smith or will smith uh Dear God, Disney and the... I could do an entire drunk podcast about how much I hate Disney. We are drunk. But we're not doing it. Uh, I'm really, really enjoying the story. She was spirited away by a genie who impressed her in a bronze citadel. Imprisoned her, sorry. In a bronze citadel. I can promise you as much... Oh, whoops. I can promise you as much adventure as you can take. If someone had said that to you just a few months ago, you would have assumed they were mad. Now you have seen many marvels with your own eyes, but you have not learned to be careless of risk. A genie citadel, you say? That may be more adventurous than I like. Azenime waits for your decision. Do you go with him across the desert, or do you go your own way and take a code word? Hmm. I think we're going to go to the genie citadel. Genie citadel. I, I can think of worse ways to die than get yeah. killed by a genie. No, no, I'm, I'm with you on that one. That's pre- it sounds badass, although maybe we're just being reckless. You only have two HP, dude. That's true, but, you know, I could have handled the pirates better, perhaps. Yeah, live and learn. But this is where we're at now. A zenime leads you into the wasteland, where the hot air rasps your throat and each footstep raises a cloud of gray dust. For days you travel without seeing any sign of life, From dawn to dusk, you feel as though your flesh is being dried on your bones. Night makes the rocks colder than ice. Lose two unless you have water. You do. I do have water. Uh, If you have one, note that it's empty. Not for you. If you are still able to go on, you see a gleam of... That was the best purchase you could have made. Yeah. For what we've done that's twice now, it saved you. No, 100%. Buying as much as I could at that merchant was absolutely the right call. Yeah. If you are still able to go on, you see a gleam... And not buying the bow, actually. Oh, yeah, a very good call. You see a gleam of burnished metal in the thickening dusk. It is the genie citadel, breathes Azenime. Taking your arm, he hurries on until you stand below the walls. The battlements and turrets are all polished bronze, flickering like fire in the red sunset. You find the doors, a huge double portal of ebony studded with iron. Putting your shoulders against the doors, you slowly push them open. Beyond lies a great hall with many passages leading off it. Let's split up and look for my sister, says his enemy. We'll have to hurry because the genie might return at any moment. You gaze along the hall. But there may be hundreds of rooms in the citadel. How will we find her? There are a thousand doors, says his enemy, starting off down one of the passages. Just be sure not to try and open any that are locked. 
Choosing a passage at random, you start to explore. Doorway after doorway leads to empty rooms. At last, you find a door that will not open. You thought there was a muffled shout from the other side. But when you press your ear to the door, you can hear nothing. If you break down the door, turn to 300. If you go looking for his enemy, turn to 224. I'm just going to give you the scope. You're looking for his sister, but he told you not to open locked doors. He didn't tell you why. I'm going to go looking for him. Okay, back wait, to... Wait, wait. Ooh, this is tricky. So, you heard a noise. When you put your ear to it, you didn't. But it's the last door. Uh-huh. Well, not maybe not the last, but it's like, at last you found a door. I found a door that seems significant. Like right. Nothing else had anything. Right. Mm. This is a real risky play. There's high stakes here, dude. Yeah. Um. I'm really pissed we haven't found more life. I thought it was going to be like a lot of, of a roller coaster because how quickly we got life back at the beginning. We were wrong. That was just the game being nice. Yeah. Early on. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to try to... Because Zenime hasn't been dishonest up to this point. but He helped us escape. With... He came looking for us. Let's go to find him. Go to find Zenime. Turn to 224. You find Zenime reclining on a, a D-I-V-N. D-I-V-A-N. Divan? 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 Let's just say Divan. Divan? You find Zenime reclining on a divan in one of the Citadel's many rooms. I thought you said we had to hurry, you say. Come on, what if the genie should return and find us here? He rises lang languidly, lang languidly. languidly he to is his the feet. Genie. Fuck. He has returned. I am the genie whose palace this is. Turn to 247. Well, we're fucked. I think maybe we are, buddy. I should have broken down the door. Note the code word fabric. I already have that. Awesome. So. His anime looks different now. His eyes are gold-flecked, and a dark cast of evil shadows his features. He moves closer with the drowsy menace of a snake. So here I have you at last. Let me give him a better voice. So here I have you at last, he murmurs. The infamous shadow is more gullible than I'd have thought. What are you talking about, you reply angrily. You know I'm not the shadow, he shakes his head. Of course you are. That's why I allowed myself to be caught and put in the Ulia with you. I've pursued you for more than a year, ever since you stole the gem from my citadel here. Gem? What gem? You're talking nonsense. I've never been here before. He ignores your protest. The gem! A ruby almost as big as the egg of rock that perches in the eerie atop the Isle of Palms had been given to me for for safekeeping by the king of the sea. If he learns I have lost it, he will sunder me into atoms and constrain my soul within a sealed copper jar for all time. So here is your chance to save yourself. Tell me where you hid the ruby. For the last time, you reply with gritted teeth. This is a case of mistaken identity. I never stole anything from you. You greedy fool, hisses his enemy, raising his hands to weave a spell. Now you die. If you possess a black jewel, turn to 293. If not, 315. I've got the black jewel. 293 it is. Let's drink some more wine. I'm with you. Let me go to 293 so I have it. 
Uh, you go white, I go red? Yep. Let me make sure there's no white left in the bottom. Dude, this story is turning up. It is, it is. All right. Well, I'd be dead now. But well, we'll see. let's see what happens. I think the black jewel's good. Yes. All right, ready? Three, two, one, pour. And stop. Yeah, that's... Oh, no, I can see it. It's right there. Okay. Yeah, we're about even on the bottles. All right. Um. What was it, 293? Uh, I hope you earmarked it. I didn't. I just... That's okay. We can check the recording. Let's try Please hold. Oh. All right. After much deliberation, we found it. 293. Mm-hmm. Cold tongues of magical flame blasting from his fingers lick around you. The jewel absorbs the brunt of the spell, but it is destroyed in the process. Cross it off your sheet. All right. Uh, do you have the code word harem? Harem. No, I do not have the code word harem. You uh, cannot use magic. Nope. You do not have a Jericho horn. Jericho horn. No. All right, we must fight. All right. Turn to 402. I think this is it for us, good boy. We, we might be fucked, yes. 402. Azenime's laughter is like the shriek of the desert wind. Taking up his sword, he leaps forward to match you, blow for blow, under your feet. Red human boot... Do I seriously have another typo in this book? Okay. It says red human bood soon mingles with the black ecor of, Gen of genie's veins. It's blood. Yep. That's typo number bood. two. <laughs> bood. Under your feet, red human blood soon mingles with the black ecor of the genie's veins. You feel yourself weakening, but you are determined to fight to the death. If you have swordplay, you do not. I do not. If you, if not, but have wrestling. Nope. Uh, if you have neither combat skills, you are spitted on a Zenime's blade and die, writhing in agony. Ah. The genie got us. The genie got us. Well, I can think of worse ways to die than yeah. death by genie. No, I'm with you there. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the end of round one of Twist of Fate. That was good. Yeah. Dude, this story is fun. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, actually. Like, it's legitimately something I could find myself, like, reading with people over and over again, regardless of what they do. I can't believe we died to a genie, though. I mean, that's... I bet, I bet, I could be wrong, but I would bet there is only, because there's, what, seven classes? No, the real player there was to, to break down the door. I shouldn't have trusted him. Well, hold on. What I'm saying is... Maybe you can't survive the genie's encounter. I'm sure you can. Obviously, like I said, if you have this, this, and that. Right. But to get to the genie, some other story would have to get you there quick. So what I'm saying is, there's seven classes, right? Mm-hmm. We already experienced multiple diversions and, and offshoots. I can almost guarantee you there is only a handful of ways to get to the ending. Right. There is not, like... You know, like I was saying earlier, those kid books where you're left, right, or left or right, and basically every way except one gets you to the ending. Mm -hmm. I bet this, we're going to do another one of these one day. I bet this actually freaking was very tough to beat. I mean, it seems that way, so. That was cool. 
I'm just saying. That was, and you know what? The fact that we were low on health didn't actually matter there. We just, we couldn't beat him. Right. You didn't have any of those things. Yes. Your character was not suited for Genie. To, to fight him. In if anyone buys a Virtual Reality Adventure Twist of Fate by Dave Morris, don't go up against the Genie as a thief. Yeah. You ain't gonna win. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta think your way around it. I should have, honestly, I shouldn't, as a thief, have trusted him. I yeah. should have gone out on my own and done... And, that being said, if we had survived the damage, that's one thing. But also, the round before that, we had multiple ways around survive, or, uh, uh, accepting the damage. There mm. was swordplay, there was magic, and then there was the jewel, which we had to do, mm. yada, yada, yada. That's impressive. I'm I'm very pleased with how that turned out. It did turn out very well. And we got almost through our two bottles, like very far into them. But remember that the goal of this is that we do need to finish the bottles by the end. So I'm rolling. I think what we need to do is we need to actually end this as this is this is part one of Drunk Cast. Oh hell yeah! We we we're, we'll wrap this up, and then the next part will be part two where we start. Most of the way through the wine, and we talk about something else. <laughs> I'm into that. I love it. Uh, so thank you for, for tuning into this episode. If you like this, and I know it's pretty much only friends, but I was moderately shocked at how many listens Halloween in July got, which, of course, DJ was oh, a part of. doing well. It did. It did. Uh, only one of them was, like, below average. But the other three were above average listens for what the channel gets, which isn't a ton, mind you, but still... It's more than the friends that tell me that listen. Oh, that's nice. Right. So, like, if 10 people tell me they listen, I'm getting 40 views I'm like, or listens. I'm like, okay, that means someone else is checking in. So, Halloween in July did fine. For the people out there, any of you on the SoundCloud, I've actually had a few comments in the SoundCloud. If you enjoy adventure, virtual reality adventures, Twist of Fate, I would happily do another one. And the other one, we wouldn't have to read the prologue. We would just jump in. Mm-hmm. So that's worth noting. Otherwise, thank you for listening to uh, this episode of Men of the Machine colon Twisted Fate. I'm Kevin. I'm DJ. Thanks for listening. I was busy dreaming about taking you apart. And as you can see, over here we have the Men of the Machine.